Hello guys and welcome to a very special episode of the Get French Football News Show. Uh, we hope that you are all as well as possible during what is a truly unprecedented time and aren't missing the football too much. We've decided to put on what is essentially a Ligue 1 fantasy football draft, somewhat inspired by the NFL draft from last week. Delighted to say we've got some real GFFN stalwarts with us tonight. Adam... Nathan as well, a former host of the GFFN show. It's like trading places this evening. Yes, it feels a little bit like that, I suppose, but um, doing well as, as possible as you can in this environment. That's brilliant. Uh, we've also got stalwarts Rich and Jez. Good evening, gents. Good evening. And uh, also someone who you guys might not have uh, heard so much uh, over the course of uh, certainly this season, maybe a bit in the last. We've got uh, Grant, who's been writing some brilliant prospect piece pieces on the site recently. Grant, uh, I guess this is good afternoon to you over in America. Yeah, 4 p.m. Good afternoon. Nice to be here. Right, we'll get straight into it, and uh, you guys at home, I'm going to explain to you the rules and exactly how this works. So each one of the five guys will have to form a starting 11 plus three substitutes and a manager. They cannot have more than three representatives from a certain club. That means that if uh, Jez was to pick uh, Thomas Tuchel as his manager, he could only pick two Paris Saint-Germain players uh, in terms of his playing staff. The guys are playing sporting directors tonight and uh, the way in which the draft will go is is that it will employ the snake system. So that means uh, the individual who picks first in the first round will pick last in the second round. Names were drawn out of a hat prior to recording and it'll be Jeremy going first, followed by Grant, Nathan, Adam and Rich. The guys can only pick between three formations that were pre-agreed before we started recording. Those are 3-4-3. Three, 4-4-2 and 4-3-3. When the guys pick a player, they will also have to declare which position they intend for that player to play in. And uh, I will confirm whether or not uh, that's realistic and uh, passes as, uh, as something that actually could happen in real life as much as this is a pretty fantasy uh, fantasyful situation and finally the only rule about the three substitutes is that uh, no two substitutes can be from the same of the following four categories attacker midfielder defender and goalkeeper so we'll see if uh, some of the guys tonight are brave enough not to put a goalkeeper on the bench uh, it's going to depend how bold they're feeling um, at the end uh, the guys will vote for who they feel has the best team and uh, we'll also match those votes with our data partner in stats evaluation of each of uh, the guys' overall set of players. Are the rules all clear for you guys uh, on, on the panel tonight? Yeah, sounds great. Brilliant, brilliant stuff. Yep. Um, right, let's get straight into it. Jeremy, you go first. You have first pick. Off you go. Um, so we're going goalkeeper first, presumably. You can go anywhere. Oh, I'm going to go goalkeeper first anyway, because I think of all the positions in the league, I think Rajkovic, for me, Pedro Rajkovic, the, the RAS goalkeeper, has been absolutely outstanding. And for me, sort of taking any position um, on the pitch and within the league, he's the, he's the one that stands out compared to anyone else. Um, it's his first season. Funnily enough, when, when he was signed, um, I have an Israeli colleague who was quite nonplussed with it and said he wasn't even necessarily always the, the starting keeper in his team in Israel. And 
um, didn't see what the fuss was about. But considering this is his first season, I think he's been absolutely immense. I mean, he obviously came with a very good pedigree from from um, his his youth international status, but um, he's walked into this team and helped make them the best defence in the league. Only 21 goals conceded, 11 clean sheets. He saved four out of five penalties. He's a great shot stopper. He's authoritative, but he's also kind of a very, very relaxed um, character. Absolutely. Which I think probably helps it, helps settle his own nerves, but also those of his defence. And, and for maybe me, he's um, helping, yeah, helping settle your... For me, and, and I'm pleased to have him. Helping settle your nerves tonight, maybe as well. <laughs> with, a, with a sturdy pick in goal there from Jeremy. Undoubtedly uh, would have been in contention for uh, goalkeeper of the season in Ligue 1 for 2019-20. If we even get those awards, maybe we won't. I think that's for another podcast. Grant, your first pick, please. I'm going to have to go with Mbappe then, if he's still on the table. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I'm confident that despite um, the confinement, I'm sure he's kept his fitness levels up training by himself. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he does a good job staying away from injuries. I'm confident that he would be able to lead my team going forward. And positionally, is that uh, is that going to be on the wing? Is that up front? What are we looking at? I will. I'll put him on the left wing. Okay. There's not, not not much of a collective reaction there, um, so I don't know whether they know something we don't, Grant, but uh, that seems to me to be a very sensible Muting. first I'm pick. I'm using these moves. <laughs> we should let listeners know that Rich indeed has a, a whole Excel spreadsheet where he's done a series of calculations tonight. So from maybe from Color-coded a, as well. Color-coded, so maybe from a Moneyball perspective, Mbappe wasn't going to be up there anyway. Um, we move swiftly on to Nathan's first pick. Go ahead, Nathan. Well, it's been interesting already so far. I thought that I wouldn't necessarily have this player available even at the third pick, but uh, I'm going to seal up my midfield for the next 20 years, I think, and uh, I think Rich will not be particularly pleased. Oh, don't you dare. Don't you dare. (laughs) Kamavinga will be the linchpin of my team for the the next uh, 20 years. Um, I I think he's had an excellent season. I mean, it's it's the breakout season in Liga, as we tend to have every year, and he's been absolutely tremendous as a all-action midfielder um, is primed to be one of the best players in the world potentially in the next few years if he carries on in this trajectory and at his age he's got the world at his feet um, I'm very happy to put him in the middle of my midfield and, and patrol that for, for years to come but um, yes Camavinga will be my choice Eduardo Camavinga without a doubt going to be a serious attraction on the European market whenever the transfer window opens next uh, a great pick and, and Nathan throughout his interest in French football has always had an eye for those for those young prospects coming through so a really representative pick uh, for from you Nathan and undoubtedly a smart one it might be a theme tonight might be well we'll see if you get to I mean that's the question fighting talk yeah we we move on to to Adam uh Adam who who's it going to be for you who's first I'm I'm gonna go Marquinhos centre-back uh, I actually think that <clears throat> although I've said he, I wanted to play at centre-back I actually would argue that he might even be better in defensive midfield, even though he doesn't like playing there as much as he likes playing at centre-back. He sees himself as a centre-back, but will happily play in defensive midfield for Thomas Tuchel. Uh, has done a brilliant job in both positions over a, a long period. I, I previously had my doubts about him, his his consistency and perhaps his big game 
abilities. But in the last couple of years, he's really impressed and, and is the defensive leader at PSG these days, ahead of Thiago Silva, although Thiago Silva is obviously captain. But uh, I think Marquinhos is perhaps the most important member of, of that Paris Saint-Germain defence, both domestically and on the continent. So uh, I'm going to go with him at centre-back. Yeah, I really don't disagree with anything you've said there, Adam. In fact, if Paris Saint-Germain are to take whatever this sort of Champions League momentum might be coming out of this season, he's going to be so important in the continuity that that side sees in the next two to three seasons. Um, and a smart pick there for the back of uh, your side. And so uh, round one's I'm coming gutted. to an end. He was going to be my next choice. <laughs> Jez, you took a very uh, sort of unique approach. Uh, I think uh, Rajkovic maybe wasn't on anyone's tip of their tongue, but uh, there's still lots of great players out there for sure. Um, coming to the end of round one very quickly, Rich, your first pick, please. I'm going to be utterly, utterly filthy. Um, I'm going to go Neymar. <laughs> um, <laughs> I feel ever so slightly dirty. Um, but I mean, it's ultimately it's Neymar. I mean, he's had chiefly amongst myself, actually, he's had his critics. Um, but I think for the vast majority of this season, not all of it, but the vast majority, we have generally speaking seen the better side of Neymar. There have been the odd things that have riled me, but you know, if he joins my team, I'm sure I can train that out of him. But um, yeah, he, he is, as we've said all along, when it's on the pitch, he is a terrific player. It's some of the off-field stuff. It's some of the on-field stuff as well, but it's mostly a lot of the off-field stuff that causes some of the issues. Um, but look, when he's, when he's at his best, I don't think many can doubt he is amongst um, the very best in the world. So um, I think my, my tough managerial style will... Uh, see him right so yeah Neymar I'd have fantastic Rich and in which position for Neymar um, well I'm going to be playing uh, a 4-3-3 and I'm going to Roll, rolling him. about on the floor <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to stick him on, I'm going to stick him on the left wing now that is a surprising tactic there Rich revealing which shape he's going with when none of oh, the yeah. other four managers have that might get interesting towards the end when there are a couple of slots left to fill I was going to say it's, it would have been a maybe a bit French football sort of hipster almost to, to not have Neymar picked at all in the first round, but I'm, I'm glad someone uh, dug him out there. So we snake back round um, straight away, so Rich gets picked too. Rich, uh, who's following up? Who has to you know, deal with a difficult act of following up Neymar in your side? Well, in, in the spirit of Jez, I'm going to go slightly left field in my pick, but... When I announce it, it, it's probably the least left field pick of all, actually. It's, it's potentially the most obvious pick that I was going to make, aside from from uh, from Camavinga. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get my man in the dugout. Um, and to probably no one's surprise, I'm going to be picking Julien Stéphane as my manager. Um, I mean, what what he has done in the few months that he's been in charge... Fantastic. Um, obviously, we've recently just had the uh, one-year anniversary sort of celebrations at Rennes for the, the Coupe de France win. And as part of that, Rennes released a half-hour video of the sort of of the day or the morning during the game, 
celebrations afterwards, the celebrations in Rennes, then the following day. Um, but the way I think Julian Stefan has conducted himself, um, there is a genuinely spine-tingling footage of his pre-match and half-time team talks that would rival many um, in, in terms of how he, how he really got to the Ren players. Obviously, you know, they, they had a, a pretty ropey first half in that final. The way he conducted himself in that dressing room um, and really, really put that spirit in them to, to make them genuinely believe that they could win that match. Um, I mean, that's just obviously the most high-profile one. There's been sure. plenty of other occasions. I think the way he's conducted himself for a, a coach with so little experience genuinely has me believing that he is destined for great things. Now, obviously, I hope those great things are with Ren, but I think his profile is only going to continue to rise. So I'm pleased to snap him up as my coach. Yeah, I think there, there may be a couple of slightly controversial statements in that analysis uh, and uh, the, the heart is really bleeding black and red because I think Adam would say there's no way any of those uh, halftime team talks rival Pascal Dupraz and I think Jeremy would basically uh, <laughs> massively take you to task entirely um, with Stefan, but undoubtedly a, a very young talent um, and very, very uh, interesting anecdote to add there is is that six weeks or so before he was offered the rent managerial role about 18 months ago he did receive this offer to become a member of Thierry Henry's coaching staff at AS Monaco and it's funny how the fine margins and key decisions can change a career we move uh, immediately to Adam who started very well got Marquinhos in there at the back Adam who's joining him um I'm gonna go for Teji Savernia um I've got I'm on the fence between him and another player, which I, I hope the other player will be left when they'll come around to me again. But um, I couldn't not get Savonio. I think yeah, last season, we were, are we calling this season last season now? I don't know. But with the 18-19 the, uh, season, Savonio was the best player in league for me, regardless of the, the hype surrounding Nicola Pepe, who was obviously brilliant, and obviously the, the, the sways of talent at PSG. But I think Nîmes, on paper, were... Uh, an average to pretty good league dirt team after promotion. I think they only signed one outfield player um, when they got promoted, which was Dennis Buanga, who was also in league dirt with Lorient. And Savonia just <clears throat> just absolutely dominated games. He, he's a midfielder that can do absolutely everything. He can sit deep, protect his back four. He can dictate play from deep. He can create further forward. His passing is unbelievable. His presence on in games just just basically kept Neem afloat and, well, more than that, kept them in, in the top half of the table. And they, I think they finished ninth. And he's moved to Montpellier over the summer and started with an injury, which is pretty unfortunate. But since he's returned, he's just looked the same player, playing a slightly better team, maybe slightly further forward at times. But he's still quietly, arguably, the best player in league and outside Paris. So, um, And for me, I, I'd make a case for him to being in the top five players in the league comfortably this season, um, despite the move and, and the injury. So Savernia for me in, in, in central midfield. In central midfield, Adam keeps us guessing about the shape that he's going to take. No doubt that Teji Savagna has really turned into a darling of French football. That story of rejecting money moves to Italy this summer uh, so that he can just uh, move about 45 minutes and remain right by his family who have lived in Montpellier all their lives. Um, Nathan, how do you follow that up? Oh, it feels like I should have seen these picks coming because I was looking at my board, my big board, and thinking, oh, are these players going to be available when I pick again? And then all of them are still available. So, um, <laughs> other than one. So, I'm left scratching my head of deciding which one I want to pick from the plethora of the people I wanted. Um, so, I, I need to score goals. Um, that's 
always important in football. Um, I've got three strikers on my board, and I'm going to pick Moussa Dembele uh, as my centre-forward. Um, he's the one on my list I feel is the most complete um, in the terms of... He'll run the channels for you. He's not afraid to get physical. He's a good header of the ball. He's a good finisher. Um, he's had a really nice season, scoring plenty of goals. Again, it slowed a little bit at times, and sometimes he could drift out of games. But I think in a team that's a, a bit more suited to his needs that I will create, um, I think he'll get even double the amount of goals. So, uh, yeah, someone with a growing room, there's going to be a lot of interest with the winter transfer window open up for him again. Still only 23. Um, excellent forward for my team going forward. Moussa Dembélé started at Paris Saint-Germain, another one of those talents who left the youth academy for nothing um, and worked his way back up, didn't he, from uh, Fulham, then made that move to Celtic that certainly shocked uh, most of the football community. Turned out very, very well for him and uh, now remains a, a leading player for Lyon. Um, Grant, we, we come to you. You obviously took Kylian Mbappé in your first round. Must be feeling pretty chuffed with yourself still. Uh, and you put him on the left wing, which still doesn't really give us a sense of, of, of which shape you're going for. Will the next pick give us a sense or not? Uh, perhaps, and I'm going to follow Nathan. I was looking at uh, Moussa Dembele to be my striker, but I'm going to go with Asamayn. I'm going to put him at my striker. Um, I think him and Mbappé going forward will be pretty terrifying for any opposing defense, given how quick they are. Um, of course, with Lille's model, we'll see how much longer he'll be on our TVs for the young. But I think, you know, the pairing of them two and his ability in front of goal kind of spells goals for my team. And that's what I'm looking for. Victor Ozzyman, obviously an unbelievable start to league and life, having played eight or nine months worth of action and really did just fill the goal void that many were worried would be left when Nicola Pepe joined Arsenal last summer a really smart pick there grant if i may so myself say, yeah say and so not myself. to get from this gm who had him as the other player that he was thinking of between <laughs> the ballet and obviously men <laughs> you know it's, it's funny because i do think there are probably a lot of uh people in at, in sporting director level at clubs like chelsea and manchester united trying to figure out where these two individuals that we've just discussed musa dembele and aussie men fit on their short list of targets so it's um, somewhat real <laughs> uh sort of dilemma that that uh, you guys are facing uh, tonight. We, we come back straight around to Jeremy, um, obviously picked uh, Rajkovic, the Iran's goalkeeper, for his first pick to finish off the uh, second round of picks in this fantasy draft. Jez, where are we going? Um, I feel like the, the sort of main out-and-out strikers are, are gradually going now with Ozimen and Dembele were both on my maybes and obviously Mbappe. So I want to make sure I've got goals. So I'm going to go with Nolan Root. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with uh, Wissam Ben Yedder. Oh. <laughs> Wissam um, Ben Yedder. Yeah, I think um, probably, even including those three players, he probably is the most reliable out-and-out goal scorer. As long as I manage to get some players in that can provide him with good service, I think you know I can be confident confident that my team's going to certainly be able to put the ball in the back of the net. Um, you know, it was a, for some, maybe a strange move coming back to France, but um, whether it's true or not, or whether it was a Robbie Keane sort of line, he said that he, he'd always sort of supported Monaco as a kid. So maybe it was slightly a, a kind of move of the heart rather than, than the, of the head. But at the same time, he's carried on his brilliant goal-scoring form. He he looks more or less comfortable now as as part of the France squad, and um, yeah, I think he's he's just proved, 
you know, from France to Spain and then back again. What a what a class class goal scorer he is. Yeah, absolutely. As it stands, will be crowned uh, top goal scorer of Ligue 1 2019-20. That is, if Jean-Michel Aulas's playoffs proposal dies, uh, which I think many presume it will uh, when the LFP meets for another crisis meeting tomorrow, which is uh, Thursday, uh, the 30th of April, if you are listening back to this. Ben Yedder, the question has always been, though, hasn't it, Jez? He just hasn't seemed to do it for France yet. Always seemed to slightly shirk, but certainly the ultimate fox-in-the-box player and unplayable this season in Ligue 1. Jez, we stick with you for pick three. Yeah, I'm really torn between two positions that I feel are important and one player that I really want to get in. And I think I'm going to go with the player because I'm guessing he's going to be on a few lists. And that's um, Usama Awa. Um, Lyon midfielder I this time last year I was probably one of his more vocal critics and it wasn't because I didn't rate him it's because I just I think that he wasn't sort of doing himself justice I just think he's such a classy player but too often he would drift out of games or he'd have a good game and then two or three games where he'd be anonymous um, he'd raise his games for, for for the for the big matches, the obvious ones are Manchester City um, last year, but then go missing against, well, in classically on style against the the lesser teams in Ligue 1. But I feel this year he's shown much more consistency, much more leadership. Um, I think a bit of end product as well, a decent goal scoring record for a midfielder, um, and I think he's only destined for for bigger things. Hussein Awa, certainly going to be, again, another player really on the tip of some of European Giants' tongues uh, in the next 12, 18 months. Jez, are we playing him in central midfield in your side? We're playing him left side of midfield. But, okay, is that not, not on the wing, though? No. Understood. So, Jez, now uh, the, the kind of spine of the team, if you like, is forming there. Wissam Ben Yedda, Wissam Awar of Lyon, and then Prajag Rajkovic, the Stade de Reims goalkeeper. Grant, with that in mind, we come back to you. Yeah, and I've been very attack-focused so far. I think I'm going to change things up a bit and start with my back line. And I am going to go with Gabriel from the... I think given the plays that I've taken so far with Osman and Mbappe, the ability that he has to kind of play long ball over the top into quick attackers like the two that I have will be great. Obviously, he's a very physical player, very strong. Just like Osman, we'll see how much longer he lasts in Ligue 1. But I love a left-footed center back who's able to play with the ball at his feet. And I think his ability in the air will be good for me too. Absolutely. Uh, certainly a, a player who really did again come out of of nowhere somewhat i remember adam recently uh telling his story and of course you've written a fantastic prospect uh, article which the listeners can check out to grana on gabriel recently someone who couldn't get a game at then relegated to ligue 2 side estac 3 uh, during a lone spell and now has has really blossomed somewhat under the tutelage of jose font uh, next to him in the lil backline Grant, you can only pick one more player from or, or manager from from Lil. Does that make you feel nervous, or you, you're pretty confident in the two that you've got? A little bit, but I think that the two that I've got were the two that I would have wanted from them. Um, and I think two, of course, we were mentioning kind of what he's done 
I think the fact that he kind of pushed out the previous captain of the Osumai from the uh, center back position just kind of shows his mentality, how ambitious he is. And I think that sort of mentality is, you know, what I'm looking for in my team. Yes, you mentioned Adama Sumaro there, uh, obviously went on loan to Genoa and uh, really was completely pushed out, although did have some fitness issues to contend with as well. Nathan, with that in mind, Grant and uh, Jez have both strengthened the defense in some way. Jez with uh, goalkeeper Rajkovic, Grant uh, with Gabriel Lil's central defender. You have yet to pick someone in that area. The third round of picks, might that change? It's almost like you're reading my mind. I've thought about my spine of Dembele with my goals in front. I've got Kamavinga in my middle, so I need someone to marshal my defence for the next 10, 15 years. And I know someone who's not here might be enjoying, it, enjoying this pick. It is Mohamed Ali, because I'm going to go with Bubakar Kamara to play at my centre-back role. Um, he's able to play defensive midfield, as we've seen, and even in midfield if needs be. He's a good ball-playing centre-back, good size, good strength. His positioning sense is getting better and better. He's growing into the role at Marseille this season. Has had a really nice season so far. Has little blips here and there, but overall it's been a pretty good season and he's got a lot of growth still to go. At 20 years old, he's he's got real potential to be a, a an absolute sensational centre-back, so he's going to be the one for my defence. Hang on, hang on. We're just crunching the numbers here. The average age of your team right now, Nathan, is just under the age of 20. In truly, in truly <laughs> gas style. Uh, that is uh, an interesting pick. All, 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 he, all, all he needs to do is pick Hilton. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I, uh, the, thing, the difference is I'm not looking to win the title. I'm looking to build a dynasty. That's the difference, I think, between myself and uh, maybe some other GMs here. Yeah, a dynasty or you're looking to get very rich. Um, you but, can win everything uh, with kids. <laughs> yeah, Camara is obviously an interesting pick for Marseille. Never really felt fully at ease last season when he was playing at centre-back. And then this season has really flourished in that defensive midfield role for Vierge Boas. But certainly uh, capable at the heart of the defence. And another player who I think... Maybe someone who, who will be somewhat overlooked in, in the upcoming transfer window, but uh, certainly in the, in the next uh, 18 to 24 months, this is a player that everybody must look out for. Adam, how are you feeling? It's a little bit of a while since we, we came back round to you now and uh, some really good young talent, it, it seems, uh, yeah. had the four has been taken. Yeah, it does. I mean, I think I've been heard my mic on you, and I've been swearing to myself as the picks have come in. Um, but I, I, <clears throat> I had a sort of first choice eleven in mind, and Ben Yedda and Kamara are both in that, so I'm a bit, I'm a bit miffed. But um, uh, I think that uh, the player that that's, that I mentioned previously uh, is still left, so that's that's pretty good. And I'm gonna I'm gonna pick uh, Angel Di Maria for my next uh, next next choice. Um, I think I think he's a really interesting case overall because I felt before Thomas Tuchel arrived at Paris Saint-Germain, his career was kind of petering out. You know, he's into his 30s. Manchester United didn't go great. He started well at PSG as he starts well at every club and was really fading out. And I remember him getting sent off away at Nice when, when Monaco won the title in 2017 and, you know, been to Milan were linked and he just looked like he was on his way out. He looked a little bit frustrated and, and you know, powers were on the wane, but he's completely revolutionised um, himself under under Thomas Tuchel, he's he's arguably PSG's best creative player, our PSG's creative force. You could argue that he's the most consistent player as well. 
brilliant assist record. If you look back over his assist record over his career, especially at Real Madrid, it's unbelievable. And it goes under the radar how many assists he gets. But he's continued, or he's sort of re, re-upped his assist count, if you like, in, in the last couple of seasons. And I think he's best... I know that there's Kylian Mbappe and there's Neymar and there's Icardi and there's Cavani, but... Um, I was, I was. If I had a choice of any of those players for this draft, I was always going to pick Di Maria. So, um, Angel Di Maria for me. I'm pretty chuffed that he's in my in my eleven. Certainly a brilliant pick, Adam. Where is he going to play though? Well, um, if this was if this was Unite Emery era PSG, I think I'd have to play him on the right wing because he refused to play pretty much anywhere else. But or at least didn't fancy playing pretty much anywhere else. But since Thomas Tuchel's coming, he'll play anywhere. Playing goal if you want him to. Um, he even played one game at wing back, I think, last season against Angers. Home, but I'm going to play him. I'm going to, you know, amber to my stars, and I'm going to play him on the right wing in true PSG style. I'm glad. I'm glad. It was I was worried it was going to be the first pick where I had to uh, get a bit heavy-handed. Are you going to start playing him at left back? But uh, <laughs> uh, like the um, the uh, Pavel Nedved. If anyone saw this, Sven Goran Eriksson picked his his uh, on Sky. He picked his, his sort of favourite players he's managed uh, at eleven, and he had Pavel Nedved at left back. So I think Christian, you've been wading on that and banning that sort of situation. Yeah, absolutely, I will be. I'll be. I'll, I'll be dealing with this much like uh, Clément Turpin. Absolutely, uh, no funny business whatsoever at any point. Um, we, we come. We come round to Rich uh, to finish us off here with uh, the third round of picks. Yeah, um, I've got a lot of crosses on my spreadsheet. Actually, a lot of red marks. Of, of players that were very much part of my plans that have been snapped up. Um, I'm in a, a little bit of a dilemma. Just throw my spreadsheet all out of kilter. Um, right, I'm going to add. I'm going to add to my midfield um, a player who hasn't been in the league for that for that long. But I was. I've certainly been very impressed with the start that he's made, and I'm going to look forward. Hopefully to see more of what he can offer. Um, I'm going to be picking Bruno Guimaraes um, at Lyon uh, for the centre of my midfield. Um, I, I thought when he joined, he just added a little bit of something to that uh, Lyon midfield that I, f- I felt had been lacking. Um, you know, he, he did add that defensive cover, but he added a little bit going forward as well. Um, it, it's I'm not making the direct comparison, but in a slightly similar vein to, um, they're obviously different styles, but in a slightly similar vein to, to well, back when Don Bellet was there, you know that that sort of ability to to be a little bit more flexible than just plain simple sitting in front of the defence. Sure. Um, he was able to to get the ball. He was able to take it up the field. Um, so I was very impressed. Um, obviously, came with a with a reputation as a as a. You know, pretty decent prospects. There were certainly clubs in England that were very close to signing him, but Leon got in there first, and it's probably one of the few things that Janino has got right um, yeah. since he since he, he came came back to Leon was getting involved in getting that that signing over the line. But yeah, I've been very impressed with him and what he can offer in midfield. So yeah, I'd be adding him to uh, my my uh, centre midfield. Certainly no doubt that this is maybe even the most exciting player that has been signed in Ligue 1 in the last two transfer windows. So I, I tip my cap to you there, Rich. And, and who are you going to follow that up with for your fourth pick? Right, well, I'm, I'm conscious I've not added anything in defence yet. So, 
I'm going to take a gamble and not add anyone to my defence yet. <laughs> I'm going to take a gamble and to play as my... I've already declared I'm playing a 4-3-3. So with Gimaresh as one of my two sort of... I'm going to be playing two slightly withdrawn midfielders. I need someone more attack-minded. Um, so for that, I am going... Yeah, I'm going to go back to Leon. Um, and I'm going to follow Nathan's approach of, of getting some quality youngsters on the on the book. So I'm going to be getting uh, Rayan Cherky. Uh, I'm going to take the punt that, that he is, without doubt, worthy of the praise that he's got. Still so ridiculously young. Um, but, you know, he has been drafted into this uh, the first team squad. There have been times where he's looked a little bit, you know, daunted by the prospect, but you know, we've seen we've seen the clips, we've seen the footage, we've seen what he can do. He certainly doesn't seem to lack for for confidence, um, and everything else will just come. I think there's the natural ability there. Um, without a doubt, I think he's going to be a star for the future. Uh, so I'm going to be adding him. I'm going to be playing him just behind my front three. I think I, I'll put this to the rest of of the guys playing tonight. Are we going to allow that? Is Ryan Chucky really a, a an advanced playmaker in a four three three? Uh, we'll, we'll do this one by acclamation. I'll let that slide. Yeah, I think yeah, definitely. Enough. Yeah. Oh, fair enough, uh, Rich. They're nicer than me. Um, uh, he's obviously played. He's played a little bit at ten, but but I think future is probably somewhat as an inside forward. But for a sixteen-year-old, you're absolutely right. Set the world alight, and I think really took everyone's breath away in January in the Coupe de France and and has been maybe held back a little bit, a little bit more than some Lyon fans would have liked by Rudy Garcia, but uh, just a stunning player and unbelievable uh, business in negotiating from uh, Jean-Michel Aulas last summer to tie him down to a professional contract when the guy had I mean, basically an offer from, from every single side in, in Europe's top 10, uh, top 10 biggest sort of powerhouses. Adam, your fourth pick, please. Well, um, it's an interesting one. I'm on the fence between two again. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that where this draft is going, that the one of these players will still be there when it comes back to me. So, uh, I'm going to add to my midfield, and I'm going to add Baptiste Santa Maria to my midfield um, because I imagine he's probably higher up on people's list than this other player. Um, I, I've talked about Sergio Savonio, and there's a similar case with with Santa Maria. He's quietly one of the best players in the league, playing for Angers. Um, who obviously aren't the most fashionable club, but have sort of grown in their sort of hipster popularity in in in, in this country and perhaps across Europe with the way that Stefan Boulan and uh, Olivier Pico uh, runs the, the the operation there, the, the brilliant scouting of of, of young players uh, from Ligue 2 and and from other sort of less sort of fashionable markets beyond even lower than Ligue 2. I think Sans Maria joined from Tour uh, about four seasons ago and. Um, he's he's quietly gone about his business in in at the base of the Angers midfield, and you know, of course Angers play a very sort of stylized way, a very specific way, and they like to they like to sit relatively deep and counter attack, and and uh, has got a lot of perhaps a lot of protection, but he does what he's been asked to do absolutely brilliantly, and he's sort of been he's been sort of uh, sort of peaked at the radars of, of various European clubs. I think he was linked with Napoli, um, Aston Villa, various other Premier League teams. Um, he does everything you'd want a holding player to do. Win the ball back, uses it really nicely. Uh, it's difficult to dispossess. Keeps possession between him and, and the other midfielders, which has always been a trait of Angers under Stefan Moulin. 
back to the days when they had what the original mid- midfield three when they got promoted of what Roman Saiz, Sheik and Doy, yeah. and Mangani. Um, that that was that was that's always been a trait, and it's still the case. And Tanjimi is key to that. So it's a player I absolutely love. As a great interview was interview with him on uh, on uh, on GFN, I think uh, uh, recently, and um, yeah. Um, also, as a as just to round off, as a as a quick uh, plug, um, uh, Tom Wiseman wrote a brilliant piece in 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 the Get Football's uh, new magazine, or not new anymore, but it's been out for a little while. The Modern Footballer. So check that out. Um, great piece on on Santa Maria, and he's. Uh, Playing defensive mid- midfield for, for my uh, for my side, an, an inspired choice there. Someone who regularly goes under the radar, I think, uh, in, in non sort of French football conversations from the outside looking in. I should say that uh, we don't have an interview with uh, Baptiste Santa Maria just oh, really? yet, Adam, but <laughs> completely uh, imagined it. Yeah, we did do a, a podcast on it, and ah, Santa Maria is all about Baptiste Santa Maria, run by Thomas Wiseman, who wrote that profile in the excellent European football magazine, The Modern Footballer. Uh, but Baptiste Santa Maria actually is a listener of this podcast feed. He's trying to improve his English. That is all I'll say, uh, gents. So uh, I think he'll appreciate that. And to be picked in the fourth round is certainly, I think he'd be happy with that. And maybe maybe we'll find out. We'll see. Nathan, how do, how do you follow that up? I mean, I don't think someone speaking that passionately about Santa Maria for 90 seconds or so has, has, has probably happened in the English language. Well, it was almost about to happen straight afterwards, so it was nice to, see, <laughs> to hear it from Adam's words instead of mine, I suppose. Um, and also for Rich taking my other defensive midfielder, I was thinking of. So I am going to change tack, it feels, and go on the offensive. Um, I need some more creative players, I think, in there, and I am going to go for a winger. I'm going to go for Munoe Shua. I never can never pronounce his name right. I'm not sure if I've got that right. Christian, can you confirm? I, I know who you mean. <laughs> so I apologise to the gentleman if I got his name wrong, but he has been absolutely terrific for Dijon. I've really enjoyed watching him. He's he's got some creative flair. He scored the goal and they got them the win against uh, Paris Saint Germain as well. He's very highly rated over there and I, I think he's um, had some excellent performances he's played a little bit of everywhere he's played a little bit of sort of attacking midfield sort of further back at uh, left midfield rather than left wing it, but he sort of excelled wherever he's been put and I, I think a number of league and clubs will be to, at, at least at minimum will be looking at him to boost their squad to next season he's a, certainly someone to keep an eye out for and uh, I think he should uh, boost some of my attacking abilities with uh, Dembele and help him feed him some uh, some goals. So I'm going to be sure. Absolutely no doubt that Munez Huyal is certainly a player that uh, has come from left of field somewhat, was signed on deadline day last summer by Dijon from Ligue 2 side Arcelance, uh, has this really quite unique style about him and very quickly was coming onto the radars of scouts within two or three months of uh, this league and a season occurring. A smart pick, a young guy, and also from a team that maybe won't be you know, seeing every guy tonight to pick three representatives from the club. So seems like astute business there, Nathan. Grant, you like Dijon, I think. If I, <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, disappointed about that or, or not so much? Well, he would have been someone I might have added to my right wing. Of course, he's very talented and amazing dribbler. Um, but 
for myself, I'm actually looking to address my center midfield because I haven't picked up anyone for that position yet. And I realized that I misspoke last time around. I think I'm actually going to go back to Lille. Of course, this is my last time, my third time. Uh, but I'm tempted to pick a player that I've liked for a long time. Actually, I support Ren, and I'm going to go for Benjamin Andre, the former captain of Ren. Uh, of course, Julian Stefan got a lot of credit for their League Cup win, or excuse me, French Cup win last season. But as the captain of the team, I think Benjamin Andre is a very um, uh, underrated player. Of course, recently joined Lille in the past two seasons. He's gotten European experience. I think yeah. his stamina, his ability to break up play, win the ball back, he's very good in the air as well, despite the fact that he's not the biggest player. I think he's a great addition to my midfield and will definitely help cover some space for me. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it was astonishing just how quickly he really stabilized uh, at Lille and, and, and things there and, and really just slotted in there. Someone who has spent the f- last 10 years of his career being sort of criminally overlooked, uh, quite simply because there's nothing flashy or remarkable about the work that he does, but certainly one of the best in his position in Ligue 1 and, and maybe even we could stretch Grant to top five leagues. You've maxed out there on Lille, so don't be trying to sneak someone in later when I'm not looking. Um, Jeremy, we... Not. Sorry? I said absolutely not. I would never. <laughs> yeah, we want a fair fight tonight. Jeremy, uh, let's finish off the fourth round of picks with you. Yeah, I'm torn between going for giving my team a bit of spine and worrying that it doesn't yet have too much creativity. Um, you remember you've got the next two picks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I need two bits of spine. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I'm going to go, I think I'm going to go with the creativity and he's, uh, obviously he's on the wrong side of 30 and he's the definition of mercur- mercurial. But I think this year he's been sort of showing signs of being back to his best. We can debate the reasons for it. I know that Rich and I are in agreement about how often he bothers to to show his class and certain Marseille supporters who appear on this sometimes would disagree. But for me, especially since now Di Maria's gone and I do want someone to to be providing service to Ben Yedder, I'm going to slightly begrudgingly and slight with slight doubt go for Dimitri Payet. Um, on his day, I still think he's he's a when he wants to be, he's a he's a, a really class act, a world class player, as he has shown on and off for the last well, probably decade or so, certainly the last five, six years. And um yeah, I just gotta hope that whoever whoever I pick as manager and make sure that he stays on, on the right side attitude-wise. And if he can do that, then I think he'll be a, a big bonus for my team. That sounds like you need Thierry, uh, Thierry Loret from Strasbourg. I'm not sure anyone else is uh, up for the task. Uh, but Dimitri Payet slots in there, presumably on the left wing, Jess. Yeah. Uh, and uh, follow it up for us, if you will, for, for your fifth pick. Okay, so now I need some spine. So... I'm torn between defence. I'm gutted about Santa Maria. <laughs> so I'm, t- I'm torn between defensive midfielders that I'm ambivalent about and a couple of centre backs that I love. But then I also think there's a lot of other centre backs who are very good. So can I afford to lose the ones I want? I think I'm going to go centre back, assuming this one is allowed because 
we know he's kind of officially not a league and player, but you know, I think everyone hopefully is in agreement that William Salabo is an absolutely class act who surely it's only a matter of time before he breaks into the France squad. So I think he's already shown at such a young age great leadership, great f- defensive ability, a good footballing ability as well, completely unfazed by sort of every challenge that he's had to face so far. Um, obviously, in real life, he's got a big step in his career next season whenever that starts but um i think he'll fit into my team well so william saliba in defense william saliba and he represents the first saint-etienne pick in this uh, fantasy draft perhaps no surprise the side is disappointed <laughs> probably the last as well. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> quite possibly the last as well perhaps no surprise claude puel has Really struggled since taking over uh, Lever and also a team that uh, is probably most susceptible to bankruptcy without government funding during this time of crisis owing to COVID-19 and the disruption that it's caused to the 2019-20 campaign. But William Saliba, of course, heading to Arsenal. Um, a great pick there, Jez, and someone who... It, it's the aura, isn't it, Jez, with, with Saliba? It's it's very rare, and it reminds me very much of, of Varane when he came through at Lens. Yeah, I think there's there's a lot of similarities there. And um, I think probably my my favourite story about him is um, after after Saint-Étienne's kids won the, the Coupe Gombardella, and um, Saliba, just before the first team came out, um, Saliba turned to his much older teammates and said, come on, let's win this for the kids. And kind of forgetting that he was part <laughs> of that Gombardella team, like literally yeah. a couple of months earlier. And I think it sort of says a lot about how quickly he's grown in stature. And um, I, I mean, I guess in a, in a good way, how much he sort of raised himself and mm. knows that he belongs with the first team. Yeah, absolutely. Grant, we come back to you. You already have uh, Gabriel, another talented young Ligue 1 centre-back in your back line. Are we expecting another addition there or are we going to be looking more attacking for pick number five for your side? This will be actually a little bit in between the two. I'm thinking about playing a 3-4-3 and in doing so, I'm considering players on the left and right sides of midfield that will be good defensively but also be good getting forward. And in doing so, I'm thinking about Faitu Maluasa from Ren. Um, of course, very good going forward. He used to play left wing when he was coming up through the academy at Nancy. Uh, now, of course, playing left back or kind of left wing back for Ren. I think he'd slot in very well to left mid, especially playing behind Kylian Mbappe, who I can't imagine would want to contribute too much defensively to my 3-4-3. I think he'll do a good job kind of covering that whole left flank. Um, and of course, maybe some things to improve on defensively, but given his energy and his quickness and his ability to get forward and even use his right foot when necessary. We saw him score a beautiful goal with that right foot, of course, his weaker foot. Um, I think he's a good selection in that position for me. Yeah, smart selection. And it also represents the first selection in this draft of essentially a left back or a left wing back or any sort of full back. Um, and I think that's quite smart, to be honest, Grant, because there's been a bit of a dearth of fullback talent in uh, Ligue 1 over the last two seasons or so. So Fetou Mawassa fits into your side, joins Gabriel of Lille, Benjamin André of Lille, Ozyman of Lille, <laughs> and Kylian Mbappé, of course, in what looks like it might turn in, into a 3-4-3. So Mawassa there at uh, left wing back. Nathan, are you going to follow this trend? Are we looking at maybe a fullback or not? 
Not quite at the moment, I think. I think what this team needs is a little bit more experience, given the fact that everyone is under the age of 23 at the moment. Uh, we need a little bit of experience, a little bit of leadership, a little bit of tenacity. And uh, as a defensive midfielder, some people might sort of suggest that I'm cheating a little bit, but he has played there eight times a season. Marco Verratti. Um, I wanted someone with a little bit of steel, a little bit of creativity from the middle of the park as well. Uh, one of the best deep-lying playmakers in football, some people would say, even though he's temperamental, even though he has had a few injuries and bits and bobs, but he's been solid this season, one of the better players from midfield in terms of assists, as well as being able to play defensive midfield. He can start attacks. He may pick up the occasional yellow card also <laughs> but I think that can be argued when you've got someone as brilliant and as creative and as and, and someone who can absolutely change games and control games like Marco Verratti so having someone like the very well experienced 27 year old in my squad will uh, add sure. a little bit of panache and a little bit of quality to that middle of the park well, also, Nathan, Nathan, I, I, Nathan, I thought you said you were signing someone that you, with with tenacity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I think I think he would willingly swing at you for that, Rich. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, if his if his Instagram etiquette is anything to go by, uh, he's just definitely not holding back. Um, yeah, I think Nathan, you don't have to worry about any defensive work from Verratti when you got Eduardo Camavinga lined up next to him. Um, two really, I mean, really just fantastic midfielders, and with uh, Shuya on, on the left there and Dembele up top, this is turning into a really exciting team for you. Um, looking forward to seeing what happens in pick six. Adam, we come to you now for pick five. Um, I think I need goals. Um, oh, a lot of my strikers, I had a short list of strikers and all but one have gone. And this is the player I actually mentioned I, I hoped would be left when, when, the, uh, when the snake found, found its way back to me. And I'm going to go Memphis Depay to play up front. Um, he's not perhaps the most popular of chaps, but um, I think over the last year or so, he started to grow into his, his sort of more senior role at Lyon. Um, his goal record is, is very good. Um, and I kind of like his on-field sort of arrogance. Um, I think it, it sort of suits him. He's a, he's a character in the league. He's an interesting subplot to, to many a game. And and he's undeniably a very, very good player and a, and a good finisher. And it's weird how that he's sort of found this little niche as he's, he's performed much better as a more central player over the last couple of seasons. He sort of flitted around the team at Lyon and, and for Holland a fair bit. But I'd argue that his better, better performances have come as a, as a striker or as a, as a central sort of attacking attacking uh, player behind the striker. So um, hopefully he'll get me a few goals. And I, I like the idea that he's going to be able to sort of drop off and and my wider players are going to be able to sort of interchange and be a bit of fluidity in the forward line. So Memphis Depay as striker. Sure, so Memphis Depay joins Angel Di Maria and Marquinhos, as well as a midfield duo in Adam's side of Angers midfielder Baptiste Santa Maria and Teji Savagny of Montpellier. Adam, that's turning into quite a nice team. How do you feel? We're at the halfway point in terms of the starting 11s. Are you feeling yeah, more confident? I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. I like the. I really like some of the, the way that we've we've gone about uh, the, the picks. I, and some of the players that you know, I I hadn't I hadn't even sort of thought about picking early. That I've it's been great. It's been it's been really interesting to hear the the, the chat's point of view, and um, it's 
been it's been unpredictable so it's been good fun so far it feels like i'm conducting sort of you know halftime interviews <laughs> at this point uh rich we come to you for your fifth pick and sixth pick um was that an eternity did that feel like an eternity or uh, yeah so watching players just slipping out of my grasp um well, I better, better sort of focus on my defence now, really. it's It's been quite heavy in terms of the midfield and forward line, so I need some players in defence. So uh, I'm going to address a centre-back position, um, a player who has, to some extent, been overshadowed by his playing partner, um, purely because what's happening with his player partner means that he's going to be getting increased focus. But I think there's been every bit as good of him this season. So I'm going to go to Saint-Etienne as well, and I'm going to pick Wesley Fofana. Um, I've been really impressed with him this season. Um, there have not been a lot of bright moments um, and sort of positive things about Saint-Etienne this season. Um, but I think the partnership of Saliba and Fofana, incredibly young, incredibly young, uh, two teenagers marshalling that, that, that back line when Saint-Etienne have always had so much experience. You know, you think of, of Loic Perrin, who's clearly on his, on his way out, unfortunately. But I, I've really been impressed by that partnership. And for all the praise that Saliba has rightfully got this season, I think Wesley Fofana has been worth you know a, a good chunk of praise to go alongside that. I think the way that he's come in that team, he's slightly different in style. Um, he's a little, whereas Saliba has that, as we've said earlier, he's got that sort of Varane-esque, sort of oozes that calm quality that, that Varane has, has had his whole career. Saliba has clearly got that. Fofana is a bit more, I feel he's a bit more scrappy. You know, there's there's a little bit more. When I say panics, you know, panics moments from him, I mean this in a in a positive sense. Whereas Saliba is that cool, calm person. Fafana brings that little bit more energy, perhaps. Um, mm. And but I think as a partnership, it, you know, I think it actually works really, really well. And you know, if they'd have had a better goalkeeper behind them for the majority of the season and better players protecting them in front of them, then. Saint-Etienne's season could have been one with a little bit more of a happier storyline. But yeah. certainly those two have been the standout players for Saint-Etienne this season. Richly deserved his contract extension. You would think that's just a tee it up for a bigger money move, um, be it this summer or next summer. Um, but a really talented player um, and one that I think will eventually follow Saliba into a big money move overseas. Yeah, don't tell Claude Puel that um, that uh, Fafana is going anywhere. But uh, yeah, it has been immense and actually maybe slightly controversial. I would say that he's edged Saliba, uh, maybe because he's had less injuries uh, over the course of this season. Um, but I agree with a lot of your points there. There's still one more Saint-Étienne player that I'm surprised hasn't been uh, taken, but I will, I will leave that to myself for now. Rich, your sixth pick, please. Um, well, I think with all talk of defence, um, one team that has probably been criminally, criminally overlooked is Ligon's best defence. Mm. Uh, and for that, it's Rouse. Um, so I think having looked at where my other picks may end up being, um, I think I'm going to address my left-back position and I'm going to be picking Hassan Kamara. 
Um, that Rams defence has been, as it seems to have been for the last few seasons, has been spectacular. For a defense, yeah, for a defensive purist, they have been the blueprints in how to be an organised defence. They don't have massive single stars. They they really don't. They are mm. a complete defensive unit. You know, they work together. They defend together. It's it's you know, I'm someone that loves watching top quality defending and to see how organised they are. Despite you know, as I say, they're not. Gradually, some of them will become household names, um, but they're just a, a joy to watch. They're yeah. not for everyone's taste. It doesn't necessarily <laughs> lead to the most attractive in terms of forward play, but in terms of the defence, you can't knock it. Um, you know, I think, is it 24 goals? I think it's 24 goals conceded this season. Um, they've they've been they've been great. Hassan Kamara has played played his part in terms of that. Um, he's taken on the the sort of mantle, if you like, from uh, Gislan Conan, who suffered quite a lot of injuries. Yeah, he's made that left back um, position his own, and I've been really really impressed by him. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Hassan Kamara, an interesting player, has also played a fair amount of this season on the wing towards the kind of latter end of of, of games, and is showing. Some serious versatility. There's a fantastic piece if you're interested a little bit more in Reims' defence recently uh, on our site. They get French football news written by Kale Stockwell, really analysing the kind of tactics that uh, manager David Guillon is uh, employing there. And it's all about uh, minimising space, but but key pockets of space. And it's it's a great read. I recommend it. Adam... Stade de Reims hasn't been mentioned that much so far. In fact, I think he's the first Stade de Reims. Yeah, he is indeed the first Stade de Reims player to be picked. Mikovic. Um, oh no, apologies. Je- the very first pick from from Jez. Uh, <laughs> I'm still I'm still in shock, Jez. That's that's what it is. <laughs> Can't all believe it. Uh, so we, we've we've got the Reims left back and uh, the Reims goalkeeper and Rajkovic picked. Stade de Reims. Uh, Did they take your fancy, Adam, tonight? Absolutely. Um, I've got a few of their players in mind, um, but I, I'm hoping they'll be left field enough that they won't go before it gets back to me. The snake sort of eight picks between now and my next one. I'm hoping the, the Rons players don't don't disappear. And I, for this pick, you you rumbled me a little bit, Christian, here because I was <laughs> I was thinking to myself quietly to Rick, uh, hoping Rich wouldn't pick Dennis Buanga, and I think he's a Cincinnati and Pay you were probably referring to. Um, so um, I'm going to sneak in and, and bump him up my order a little bit uh, and, and go for Dennis Branga to play on the other side to Di Maria, whichever side they prefer, they can figure out between themselves. Um, maybe, I said right wing for Di Maria, so left wing, I guess, for Buanga. Um, I think without him, uh, Sanetian would probably be facing relegation, especially now you know, we're in this terrible situation and the season has been you know, force the season to be cancelled. You know, if if there's obviously a number of avenues uh, to to turn the season, and but one of them could be to finish it as is, and that might yeah. have without Dennis Branca might have meant Salah Sanetian in Ligue 2. Mm. And when he was injured over the over the winter, um, it, you know, the Kilpoel's team missed him so much. His, his his sort of drive, his his tenacity in, in attack, whether he plays wide or up front, he's even played a wing backer in the season and, and was a threat from there. His finishing's good. 
Um, and he leads the line brilliantly well for them. And, and without him, I don't know where they'll be getting their goals from. And I don't know where they'll be getting many points from either. So um, I'm going to play him as, as on the other wing to, to Angel Di Maria. And, and I'm going to pump for Dennis Boanga. Yeah, that was indeed the player I was <laughs> maybe not not so in obviously hinting at. Um, yeah, Dennis Boanga is, is just a, an exceptional talent and has shown that at Lorient, Nîmes and now Saint-Étienne. Um, maybe a topic of conversation for another day, but I can't think of another side in Europe's top five leagues that has spent the last four or five years without a recognised striker. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I'm sorry to Robert Berich, but he was never really given a, a proper chance. Um, and as you say, Buanga from 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 uh, from wide and and also sometimes a bit more centrally, depending on the shape that that Puel's been deploying, has been just so important and and really has carried. Uh, this Saint-Étienne side in 2019-20. Nathan, we come to you now for your sixth pick. Sometimes in these drafts, you look at your board and you think, well, there's one player standing out there, but it might change my entire plans. Do I stick or do I twist? Uh, it would mean a change in formation, but I think I'm going to go for it. So I I'm moving Verratti to centre mid. I'm no longer having a defensive mid and I'm bringing in another striker. Um, I'm bringing in a striker that I really like. It's the style of striker I've always enjoyed. Um, and, and that's Kasper Dolberg. Um, he's going to be playing up front with Dembele. He's got a fair few goals. I mean, there was a lot of rumours when he didn't play the uh, Europa League final against Manchester United as, as Ajax and when he didn't play in much of the Champions League run last season that he needed to move away to really fulfill his potential. It looks like that might have really been a, a, a true prophecy because especially just before the break where we had the months of uh, after the winter break, he's been really terrific for Nice, banging in the goals. I mean, six goals and two assists in those sort of nine-ish games, nine, ten games that we had after the winter break just tells you how much he was on form. He's, he's starting to really become a fulcrum of that Nice side. He's getting little flicky goals where, and he's getting himself involved in the box and things like that. He's creating assists as well, which is even better. So I just couldn't leave him on the board for myself. Someone with that attacking talent who is this type of target managed striker with a good yeah. set of feet on the board. Him and Dembele up front together, I just think will be a, a really terrific pair for, for years to come. What I'm going to say, Nathan, is make sure you invest in very secure dressing rooms. Yeah, make, <laughs> make sure everybody has a safe. Uh, I will look the security tenfold. I think just for yeah, someone like yeah, that. absolutely. We don't we don't need any more of his possessions stolen uh, anytime soon. Grant, are you having a sort of freak out moment, Nathan? I'm not saying that wasn't a strategically freak out moment, but are you having a, a freak out moment and and still sticking with the three four three as we come back around to you for pick number six or not? I think there are some holes that I have to address. Um, I'm not going to do it right now because Nathan's talk of attacking talent uh, made me think about who I wanted to pick next. And I am going to take Florian Tova. Um, I think obviously the fact that he is barely played, if at all, in this league on season kind of makes people forget about him. But he, of course, in the last three seasons has been one of the highest goal scorers in the league. Um, Rounding out my front three with him, I think, makes our attack even more dangerous than it was before. And, of course, just in an Instagram Live that I believe he did a few nights ago, he said that he will be staying at Marseille for the next season. So um, despite some questions about his attitude or how arrogant he might be, I personally am, of course, looking forward to watching him next season in Dijon. Yeah, Florian Thauvin, of course, uh, newly a father as well and has really 
put down some roots in Provence. I mean, who wouldn't if they were given the opportunity to do so? Uh, an intelligent pick, considering he's, I think he, I think he's had maybe. Well, obviously he played once in in August and then had about eight minutes and uh, came on and then uh, blew a lead uh, for Marseille against uh, Amiens. So uh, a season certainly to forget for Florent Thauvin, but he. Make, makes up a front three for you now, Grant, of Kylian Mbappe, Victor Ozyman, and Florian Thauvin. And I think that looks very, very good to me on paper. Jeremy, we come to you for the final pick in this sixth round. Um, so I think I'm going to go for that little bit more of a sort of spine and a bit of defensive protection in midfield. So, And I'm also going to go for one of the sort of smaller, more unheralded teams and go for um, Brest midfielder Ibrahima Diallo. Um, I think because he plays for Brest, maybe he doesn't get uh, as much, as many plaudits as maybe he deserves. But I think he's you know, an archetypal player, a little bit like Santa Maria, who I would have liked to have had earlier. Just, you know, he, he knows his job is to sit in front of the defence and protect them, um, give the ball to, you know, assure the kind of transition between defence and attack. Um, I think he plays it simply, but he does it extremely effectively. I don't think it's a surprise that there's a few um, Premier League teams sniffing around. I think Leicester seem to be um, quite quite heavily linked. Um, and I think he's. I think there's a good chance he will move to the Premier League this summer. And I don't see any reason why he can't sort of follow in the footsteps of, of N'Golo Conte by making a success of himself in England. Um, I think he's a really good player. And I think if he was playing for someone a little bit more fancied than, than Brest, then we'd hear a lot more about him. Absolutely. Some really nice balance developing in your midfield there, Jez. Ibrahim uh, Diallo joining Hussam Awar as well. Looking forward to seeing who completes that midfield. I uh, don't know if that's going to happen in the seventh pick or not, but uh, Ibrahim Diallo, of course, brother of Paris Saint-Germain central defender Abdou Diallo. A really nice addition to your side as you seek to produce some balance in the midfield. Um, yeah, and I am sort of tempted to complete the midfield now, but I think I'm going to go a little bit further forward. And you mentioned PSG. I don't think I've, yeah, I don't have a PSG player yet. No, you don't. I feel like I probably should. Um, another player who I think has been quietly, extremely effective this year. Actually, I was looking at his goals and goals and assists, and I was surprised they were so low. It feels like they should be higher. But I just think this player, whenever he's either started or come on for PSG, he's always done a job. He's always added something. You don't get all the nonsense, but he keeps his head down. He works hard. He covers back, but also adds so much to the attack, and that's Sarabia. So um, I want him on the... Uh, on the right side of the attack. Pablo Sarabia joined Paris Saint-Germain last summer from Sevilla for a very handy release clause that made the deal around 20 million euros all in all. Um, has been used by Thomas Tuchel somewhat, maybe a little bit insultingly, as that guy who comes on to run around and make space uh, with 20 minutes left, certainly in the big Champions League games. But someone who's, who's really fitted in well and has shown exemplary attitude and accepted the position of, of a rotation player at uh, Paris Saint-Germain. He seems to complete Jez's attack, which includes Dimitri Payet and Wissam Ben Yedder as well, with Usama Awara creating chances in the midfield. 
that side is really developing very, very nicely. Congrats, Jez. Uh, we move straight back to Grant now for pick number seven for him. And I'll be addressing my defense, given the fact that I'm going with three center backs. I'd like to bring in a second. Um, of course, we've heard this defense champion quite a bit, being one of the best, or if not the best, in Ligon. I'm going to go with the Moroccan Yunus Abdelhamid from us. Um, statistically, at least according to the keep the team of the season that they had up until now, he was the highest rated defender in Ligon. So I'm very confident that he will be able to make up for what looks to be a fairly attacking formation so far. Um, 31 years old, so won't be with my team for too long, but perhaps like Hilton, he'll be a defender that will, you know, age like a fine wine and, you know, he won't digress too much physically. Yes, I was wondering when someone would maybe pick uh, Yunus Abdalamid, someone who I've really admired even since he was at Valenciennes all those years ago. Um, quietly goes about his business and has shouldered the young XL de Sassi very well in the Stade de Reims defense this season and I think can certainly do a similar job uh, granting your side here alongside Lille's centre-back Gabriel. Nathan, moving quickly on now to your seventh pick. Yes, and I, I'm debating heart or head here really in terms of uh, I'm planning on finishing sort of my midfield slash attacking and, and adding a right midfielder and it's deciding between maybe the more logical pick and more uh, what the heart wants and, and I think it, as always I, I am the romantic so um, partially based on my current um, football manager save really but also partially because of an excellent sort of second half to the season or sort of especially November time December time and, and into January I, I'm going to pick Ludovic Blas um, a player at Nantes that I wasn't really sure of really when he was at Gangon. There was a lot of hype about him, but there wasn't the consistency there really or, or any sort of outstanding displays. And then all of a sudden, in a flash in the middle of this season, he, he was really excellent. He, he came up with goals. He came up with a with an assist or two here or there and became a player when Nantes were really sort of quietly nudging up the table, a really important player and someone who's finally seeing some growth again. And, and I think him his versatility as well i can play him in centre midfield i can play him just behind the striker if i need to be him in sure uh, as, as two centre attacking midfielders if i really wanted to go adventurous yeah. like that but uh, uh, i will be playing him where he has played a couple of times this season on right midfield um, to complete my midfield Ludovic Blas is the first uh, not player picked in this draft uh, not a side who don't get that much love playing a very sort of mundane style of football under Christian Gorkouf this season. As you say, Nathan, it looks like you might be heading towards some sort of 4-4-2 now um, with only uh, with, a, with a midfield four complete and a front two. So Ludovic Blatt, right wing, uh, Eduardo Camavinga and Marco Verratti uh, adopting the two central midfield positions. Munir Shuya, left wing, and up top, Casper uh, Dolberg and Moussa Dembele. Adam, we come... Quickly on to you for pick number seven. Yeah, I think um, <laughs> my centre-back options are running thin. I was hoping that Yunus Abdelhamid would survive until the, the picks got back to me, but I'm, uh, alas, no. Um, so um, I'm a little bit on the fence as to who to go with. Like, I've only got one defender so far, and that's my first pick, Marquinhos. So... I'm gonna I'm gonna pick someone else and think about it while Rich is doing his and pick a defender. So I'm gonna pick someone pretty left field, but um, a player I really like. I think he's really, really creative, a, a clever footballer, 
who played a number of positions and a player that's come back from from, from you know some darker times in his career. Um, and that's um, uh, another Rance uh, player. I'm going to go Matthew Caffaro. Um, he's a player I really like watching, um, and I think he's a really useful addition to 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 uh, David Guion's side. I think without him, he's been injured a lot this season. Without him, they've 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 lacked what little creativity they do. They don't they don't really produce much sort of many chances. But without him, they've lacked a little sort of subtlety in their mm. team. And um, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm a big fan of his, and he goes a little bit underrated as as many players at, at Rams do. There's a, a number of great players in their midfield and forward line that go unnoticed because their defence is so good. But um, yeah, I'm a big fan. He's going to play as a, an attacking midfielder in front, in front of Savonia and Santomir. So Matthew Cavaro from uh, Rance. Matthew Cavaro, of course, uh, also famously, infamously caught up at Toulouse uh, in the air gun gate uh, with Otson Edouard now of Celtic. As you say, has really put performances back together certainly last season and has struggled a little bit with injury but completes a midfield of Baptiste Santamaria, Teji Savanier and Mathieu Caffaro. It's an interesting trio. I do wonder whether Teji Savanier would be a bit annoyed that he's not the most advanced midfield there, um, there, Adam. He does like his freedom. The most unbelievably hipster midfield I've ever heard from the league. <laughs> I've listed in a long while. Uh, I like to, I like to, I like to keep the hipster quotient up as much as possible. Nathan. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I think Savonia's um, at, at, at Nimi was sort of um, pretty deep in midfield. They'd they sort of play. Well, they, they kind of switch around formations, but he starts out with, with two in there, and then he'd be playing alongside someone else's. So I, he sort of sends me as my deepest player. Savernier is a, a bit more advanced and a bit more licensed to play. But he's got the he's got the security of sends and then Caffaro is my real creative force, attacking player. But he can also it's a three it's a three man midfield really, sort of either side of Santamaria. So hopefully there's a some nuance between those three players. I'm sure you'll figure it out. Well, it all depends who ends up managing that side. Rich, we come to you now to complete the seventh. Round of picks. Um, I'm probably going to look at my defence again. Um, I think I'm going to double down on my um, Rams players. Um, and it's between two. I'm going to. I am going to go with um, Axel Dzasi. Um, obviously, you know. He's he's been in the press a lot. Um, it seems as though a move could be on the cards quite soon. Um, you know, for everything that I said about Hassan Kamara and how good that Rams defence is, you can only repeat that for Dzassi. Um Centre back role. Um, I think he's come into that, that centre back position incredibly well. Um, has formed a really good partnership with Abdel Hamid. Um, I think it, I think actually, if I try and think logically with my team, I think when I made that Fafana pick and I said he was the, perhaps more of the scrappier compared to the the sort of smoother, um, calmer approach that Sadaba has got, I think Tazassi might be able to bring that slight element to that centre back pairing. Um, you know, still of a good age, twenty two, I believe. Um, you know, he, he has oozed quality this season. Um, another player that you can't help but enjoy if you're a fan of defensive football and uh, the sort of basics, he seems to be able to do that well. Tweaks need to be made here and there, but as I say, he's still got age on his side and I think his partnership with Fafana could be a, a very nice one for the long run. 
Sure, it is a bit of a turgid side you're developing here, Rich. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but uh, Axel says he joins Wesley Fofana and Hassan Kamara uh, to complete what is presumably 75% of your back four with uh, Bruno Guimaraes in midfield, Ryan Chucky ahead of him and Neymar out on that left wing. Still no striker from you, Rich. Yes, yeah, and that's what I really need to look at, um, look at fixing. And to be brutally honest, it's... For pure centre forwards, it's it's quite it's quite slim pickings out there. Neither no, Rooster. Uh, <laughs> for possibly good reason. Um, yeah, it is quite slim pickings. I mean, there's there's an obvious name that you go for, but I have question marks. There's a player I'm going to put out there. I I expect. I expect um, some potential question marks being raised about this one, and I am prepared to defend them. Um, so I'm going to go for... How am I going to do it? Yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go Carl Toko Ekambi. Okay. Um, I, I just think he, he seems to be... He didn't overly enjoy himself um, during his time in Spain. But for Angers, undoubted hero for Angers, I think you could make a claim that he almost single-handedly kept them up, it felt, at times. Um, I think, you know, what he added to that Lyon front line, obviously with the injuries that, that Lyon had, you know, Fistipai with that, that nasty knee injury, um, I think what he added to that front line, I think, was very impressive. He's got pace, he's direct. Um confidence he's got bags of that i do just think yeah i think he's quite an underrated player so i'm going to pick him um but i'm going to reserve whether i play him right wing or center forward i think there's a, a, a possibility you could play in either yeah you can absolutely do that i, I like that pick carl toko it can be someone who came through uh, as part of Lyon's sort of rebuild in the middle of this season and maybe not to as much fanfare as his talent deserves. Actually, a, a player who's shown to be uh, immediately decisive and was already building a nice relationship with uh, Moussa Dembele. Um, so something to watch for Lyon next season. Although actually, as an aside, there are questions about the nature of the loan agreement and whether with the current situation as it is, Lyon have fulfilled the conditions that uh, would see the uh, option to buy. Uh, yeah, I mean, the option to buy triggered. And, and there's a question of, of whether he will be a Lyon player next season. But uh, that is, as I say, for another day. Adam, it's really gathering pace now. You know, we're starting to see the tricky decisions having to be made. You haven't touched fullbacks or centre-back, but you've, you've dealt with your front three. It does look like you're heading towards a 4-3-3, a three, three, unless there's going to be some radical change coming. No, I think 4-3-3 uh, is, is my plan and, and has been my plan all along. Um, but I need a centre-back to play alongside Marquinhos. And my my um, my hope to, to add various players has sort of been... can, can be continually dashed. I had a, had a short list of Saliba, Fafana, Abdel Hamid, Kamara, and they've all gone, obviously. <laughs> so... Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna push the big yellow uh, button marked Nicola Palwa. Um, wow! Because um, he's a player that I just have so much affection for. Um, he he's not the most uh, 
subtle of players, but and he perhaps his style is compared to some of those players we we discussed is is a little bit more rudimentary. But he's he, he's a pound for pound. He's a very very good defender, and arguably has been for some time. There was periods at Bordeaux when Willie Sagnol was in charge, and and perhaps later on the Gorvenek when they were terrible, and they had a couple of really really awful sort of two thirds of a season. Yeah, and he was sort of holding them together, and you know his experience, his leadership. Um, and and he's continued that at, at, at Nantes, and um, obviously the the tragic circumstances surrounding Emiliano Salah and 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 how close they were. Um, he's he's had he's he's carried himself so 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 brilliantly since then, and his performances for the last for, for since, arguably since joining Nantes have been. Even though he had a period out of the team when when uh, Cardozo was in charge, of course. But apart from that, I think he's he's a real leader and 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 a great a great character and a great individual and a really interesting. Chap, and, and I think he's a very, very good defender. And I think alongside Marquinhos, you know, he can—he's—he's he's sort of the the power, the air, the aerial power. Yeah. And Marquinhos is perhaps a little bit more more intelligent in terms of his his sort of covering and the way he goes about defending. So I think it'd be a good partnership. So I'm going to go Nicola Power. I think you might have sent the entirety of sort of South West. France into uh, <laughs> shock. Uh, Nicolas Pauwa <laughs> has not left the best taste uh, in the mouth of Bordeaux fans in his career. But uh, just a, uh, you know, I would echo everything you've said there. And uh, I remember we got quite a lot of pushback in in this year's edition of the JFFN uh, 100 for him being as high up as he was. But as you say, you've hit the you've hit the uh, yellow button there, and you've got a team of characters, Adam. I have to say, Teji Savanier, Cafao, Santa Maria. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Depay. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm I'm seeing a bit of dressing room tension maybe between yeah. Memphis Depay and <laughs> Nicolas right Pauwa. Sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But uh, that's for later on in the draft. Um, Nathan, you're looking around. How are you feeling? You feeling like you're on top of this? Yeah, I, I'm. Pr- I'm pretty happy to be fair. I, I, I'm set up really for my midfield and my attack, which is my most concern, especially at this stage. And I think there's a number of players still on my big board that I'm happy to pick in defence. So Brilliant. I'm. I'm um, a contented man at the moment, but my centre back list is slowly diminishing. So, uh, as many people's are, I'm assuming. So, yeah, I, I am going to pick the, the partner next to Kamara, and um, I'm going to go for um, someone who might not be in league much longer. And that's uh, Mohamed Simakan um, of Strasbourg, a young centre back, and um, can also play right back as well. So, it gives me some flexibility there. Uh, has had a really nice season, really. He's a, he, I really like him. He's got a little bit of pace. He's not slow. He's, he's, he's got a little bit of pace about him, which will really help him at the next level. He's, he's willing to get stuck in. He, he's good in the air. There's a question mark maybe still on sort of how good he is on the ball, which does need to work a little bit, especially if they, he does want to move to, to right back or rather sure. than centre-back. I, I think he's a more well-suited centre-back. And uh, next to Kamara, those two could grow together to be a centre-back pairing for uh, many years to come. Yeah, Mohamed Simakon, excellent pick from you, Nathan. And as you say, it's a clever one too because you don't know how these final rounds are going to shake up and you don't know whether you might want to move him into right-back or keep him at centre-back and that's certainly something you can do with him. Also, the first Strasbourg player that gets picked in this draft. Um, Really a a fantastic talent and uh, glad to see him get consideration at this stage. Grant, you still have the right-back position open. You also have... Well, actually, I guess it it still depends whether you are going with that 3-4-3. You might have another centre-back position still to fill too. 
That's true. I'm actually I'm going midfield this time around, though. Uh, there's a player that I've been looking at for a little bit that I'd like to add to the center of my team, and that would be going back to Marseille, uh, Valentin Rongier. Um, former captain, just like Benjamin Andre. There might be a bit of an issue there because one used to captain Nantes and one used to captain Ren, but I think they can put that aside <laughs> and work both together. Um, I love well-rounded midfielders, and I think Rangier fits into that perfectly. Um, maybe hasn't had the same end product that we've seen from him in recent years. Of course, he failed to score this season in Ligue 1, um, whereas in the past with Nantes, he had been able to rack up at least a few goals every season. Um, he joined, interestingly, Marseille, of course, this season in the Joker window a little later. So he even played a few matches for months before going to Marseille. But I think in terms of an all-action midfielder that can defend, that can attack, that can sort of set up plays for my front three, I think he'd fit in very well, especially next to Benjamin Andre. Yeah, nice pick. And I have to admit, someone I thought might have been picked a little bit earlier on. I mean, you look over at uh, Adam's Mathieu Cafaro pick and, uh, <laughs> you know, fair enough. Um, but, uh, yeah, a nice pick there. And as you say, you've, you've got a, a very nice now midfield of Florian Thauvin, Valentin uh, Rangier of Marseille, and then uh, Benjamin André of Lille and Kylian Mbappé rounding that off on the left-hand side. Jez, we come to you to finish off round eight. We really are getting deep into this thing now. So I didn't realize how much I wanted this player until I found myself praying as Adam and Nathan started talking about centre-backs that they wouldn't pick him. So I want to make sure I get him and and sort of seal off my central defence with Saliba, and that's um, Pedro Mendes of Montpellier. I think... um, most of their kind of relative success the the last two three years has been based on a on a strong defense which isn't surprising really with the desert carrion as, as coach um yeah and i think you just need to look at the difference in in montpellier stats their goals conceded their wins their clean sheets everything is just um chalk and cheese, depending on whether Mendes is in the team or not. Um, I know he's kind of injured at the moment, but I'm assuming we're sort of doing this in a vacuum where every player is is fit. Yeah, definitely. I'm hoping that... Sorry, Jess, we're going to cross you definitely is what I was saying. Absolutely, yeah, we're in a void. So, yeah, Mendes for me, I think... Yeah, it's not, as, as Rich sort of alluded to with Fafana against Saliba, with Saliba and Mendes there, it's not necessarily the most sort of rugged um, centre-back pairing, but I think it's certainly a stylish, beautiful one to watch. I think he's, um, you know, he's he's still strong in the tackle. He's, he's I think, good in the air at, at both ends of the pitch, probably could score a little bit more, but I think is um, a handful for, for other teams on attacking set pieces as well. So, yeah, I, th- I think he's a fantastic defender and... Um, I'm pretty pleased to have him in before someone else nabs him. Yeah, I have to say, when I heard that pick from you, Jez, I did think, what an elegant back two of uh, Saliba and Mendes. As you Brits say, though, it is it is uh, squeaky bum time now. We enter pick nine. <laughs> uh, and uh, Jez, you're still looking at a couple of full backs. And- And uh, maybe a midfielder, maybe a striker, depending on whether you're going for a 4-4-2 or 4-3-3. 
I'm going to, I think I'm going to complete my midfield. I was torn between three or four players. One of them was Rangier, so that's, that decision's been made for me. And I think I'm going to go for, for Jeff Ren Adelaide. Again, obviously this season has been very much curtailed by the injury that he had, but I think from the tail of last season to his performances for the under-21s in the last summer to the beginning of this season where probably alongside, ironically, Depay, things they both got injured in the same game. Arguably, they were the only two Lyon players that were really showing consistent form at the very start of the season. Um, I think he's he's been... I think he's really shown sort of that he's beginning to fulfil the potential that, that Arsenal saw in him so long ago. I think it'll be good for my team because he's very versatile, so if need be, mm. he can move. I just I keep thinking about that. I can't remember who it was against, but the sort of Zidane-esque pirouette that he did earlier in the season set up a goal, I think, for Depay. I just think it yeah. was, if anything, underrated. I think people should have been raving about that all over the internet. Um, and I just think he's growing all the time into such a clever, stylish player. Um, and I think he'll fit quite well. Alongside Aroa, with, with Diallo sort of protecting them and giving them the chance to sort of take turns pushing forward, I think I think that completes a nice trio in midfield. Yeah, absolutely. Such a precocious talent as Adelaide, obviously played for the under-21s last, uh, well, it was kind of spring, summer. Um in the midfield role and then Garcia has kind of put him on the wing a bit and then obviously got unlucky with the uh, injury to his knee although presumably when football comes back he will come back with football um Grant some interesting decisions for you to now make on on formation still as I say you still could go for a 4-4-2 the thing that amazes me is that you know, unless Rich decides to put Carl Tocco or Camby on the right wing, nobody's going to take a striker from Paris Saint-Germain. Uh, yeah, that's true. I'm thinking about it, but I think I'm looking to stick with my 3-4-3. I think it's an entertaining uh, formation and one that I'd like to watch played. And in doing so, I'm going to address the right side of my midfield for sort of that right wing back, right midfielder uh, combination. And I'm going to go with Youssef Atat, who, of course, is a player that kind of fell out of the spotlight this season due to a number of injuries, most notably, uh, I believe it was a knee injury that he suffered in December. But I think on that right side, um, behind Tuvan, he'll be able to cover a lot of the field, just like Mawas on the left. Uh, very good getting forward and, of course, strong in defense as well. But I must admit, between Tovan and Natal, I'm a little worried that if things don't go to plan, I could have no players at all on that right side. <laughs> yeah, Yusuf Atal, an incredibly unique player. Um, he has an unbelievable engine on him and this real propensity for formidable dribbling when you consider his relative uh, low center of gravity. Someone again, it feels like, Grant, you've been very canny with your picks. A couple of guys who have injured, maybe not so obvious, um, and that's shaping up to be a very, very entertaining side to watch. Nathan, we come to you moving on uh, for pick number nine. Yeah, and I'm needing either a fullback or a goalkeeper here, and I think I'm getting value most with this pick. And I'm going to go left back and a player that again may not be in French football for too much longer given the interest around and I'm going with uh, Ryan Aignori of, of, of Angers uh, the 18 year old who's been linked here there and everywhere with 
big money moves. He's got a great deal of potential. Um, has had a pretty solid season as well, but it's so much more room to grow, given that he's only 18. He won't turn 19 until 6th of June. So there's so much more he he can he can do and he's already performing well in a in a decent Angers side so I think he's going to be my left back for for the foreseeable future and what looks to me like a great young defence that's going to hopefully be a bit of a mixture of both modern centre-back play and a little bit of modern full-back play that can link up with a, a, an interesting attacking lineup that I've got. So I'll go with Ignori. I'm a bit concerned for you, Nathan. The elder statesman of your team now, nine players in, is a certain Marco Verratti. And I'm not sure I'd want to rely on him organising anything, frankly. Oh, no, not even I'll, my birthday. I so... have backup plans, don't worry. Okay, okay. Well, uh, faith is, is firmly placed in your hands, Nathan. Adam, moving on to pick number nine for you. Yeah, it's a tough one. My two of my high priority picks for fullbacks were the last two picks at Atal and Eight Nori. So um, I'm going to have to revisit those, and I'm going to look at the goalkeeper, and uh, I'm going to go for Mike Magnon. I don't think he's been taken. Is that right? That's correct. Brilliant. Okay, uh, Lille's Mike Magnon. Um, I love a goalkeeper that can save penalties. I think for some reason that that really speaks to me. Um, and he's a fantastic penalty stopper. His reflexes are unbelievable. He's He's, uh, he's, he's one of the best keepers in the league and, and has been for, for a good 18 months or so. Um, started out at PSG and, and was just very much on the fringes, but has really found a home at Lille under Christophe Gautier and um, has so much more to give French football and, and beyond because uh, he's such a, such a young, so, so young for a goalkeeper. And he's a player I, I, I really I really enjoy watching. And um, uh, I think my defence will hopefully be shored up by uh, by Magnon behind Palois and uh, Marquinhos. So Mike Magnon for me in goal. Very inspired pick. Also your first pick uh, from Lille, which is is maybe a little bit surprising, um, but uh, slots in there nicely. And you've got, I have to say, that back three is very, very loud <laughs> on, on, on the pitch. I think uh, you don't want to be sitting in the front row as a fan in the stadium uh, with <laughs> Magnon, Palois and Marquinhos all together screaming at each other. Rich, we move on to you to finish off round nine. Yeah, um, I'm also going to address my goalkeeper, I think. Um, just conscious I don't want too many of the top keepers going, although I know some people will argue this guy might not be a top keeper, but I love him. I, I've, I've had a, a deep affection for this man. I already know who it is. A long, long time. <laughs> Those that know me will know exactly who I'm talking about. I genuinely, and I try and put all bias aside on this, I genuinely feel as though he has been an incredibly consistent goalkeeper for so long now. So long. Um, so for my goalkeeper, I'm going to pick Ben Marcosteel. Um As I say, I, I really, really think he is a terrific goalkeeper. He didn't have the best of starts when he broke my heart and left Wren to, to join Bordeaux. In fact, he lost his place, uh, but he's regained it. He's got captaincy of the team. I, I, just, I just I just think he is terrific. For, to keep that level of consistency um, for such a long time, yeah. as a Wren fan, it filled me with the most amount of pride when I saw him playing, turning out for France. It, it was so nice to see. And yeah, I had to to contend with with him 
deciding that he was going to leave the club. Um, and it has pained me to see him um, turning out for, for Bordeaux. But he has, after that initial wobble joining them, I do think he's regained his form again. Um, and I just think he is an, an outstanding goalkeeper that unfortunately will, will forever, I think, just drift under the big names within that division. Sure, yeah, Benoit Coe still someone who Get French Football News got to chat to at the beginning of the season and just a very, very calm guy and, and someone as well who, I don't know, this shouldn't come across negative, but it's it's he's not an individual who's looking for attention, not looking for a move. He's very content to have achieved what he's achieved and really is, is focused on wherever he is, whether it's Renault Bordeaux, building a good environment around him and, and and sticking there. And therefore, I think it's a wise head in a team that actually doesn't have many established leaders, Rich. You've obviously got Wesley Fofana, who's maybe a future leader. You have Bruno Grimaresh, who's probably also a future leader. And, you know, you've got Neymar, who... Well, yes. Um, so, uh, you know, there, there we... Uh... Depends who you ask if he's got leadership ability. Yeah, that's very true. Uh, I, I'm, I'm neutral on this subject, Rich. I, I, I don't want to get into trouble uh, at all. Um, so we move on to pick number 10 for you. Just just two players left to complete your starting 11, Rich. Well, I've, I mean, I've got three because I've, I've got my manager locked in. Oh, of course, apologies. Uh, but that does, that does pose me some problems because we are obviously a long way in now. Um, and right back is not necessarily a position Liga is particularly blessed with um, in in recent times. We've had the old player have that stellar season. We look at Kenny Lala last season, but has has just not been able to to maintain it this season. So I need a right back, um, and I'm I'm looking at on my spreadsheet and. So many of them have gone. Um, I felt so confident that no one would, no one would remember Yusuf Atal. They just, just slip under that radar because of that unfortunate injury. But Grant was just too on the ball for me, for me to contend with. So um, I am going to go with uh, Hamari Traore from Ren. Um, perhaps not everybody's first picks. <laughs> Um, and he's certainly got a little bit of the unpredictable about him. But he is a very, very modern fullback in terms of going forward. There is a lot more about him than perhaps going um, going back. But he, as with Muasa, I think they have both worked on their defensive responsibilities um, in the last year. And I think in both for both of those players, they have seen significant improvements. Um, he's out of contract very soon. Um, not too long left on that contract, which has obviously brought up speculation. There was that completely left field link with PSG a few weeks ago, which Lord knows where that came from. Um, but, you know, he, he has impressed me this season. I think the Ren defence has been a really old thing, but I think has been perhaps an element of their game um, that has perhaps sort of skip by a few people. I actually think their defence has improved across the board. And I think particularly with Marasa and and, and Traore, uh, they are two players that have definitely um, seen significant improvements. So whilst I've missed out on Marasa, I'm going to make sure I secure Traore. So Amari Traore 
completes your back for their rich with Axel De Sassi of Reims, Wesley Fofana of Saint-Etienne and Hamari uh, Kamara of Stade de Reims as well. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a back four of underdogs perhaps and... and uh, but you're right. All Hammer. of my life. <laughs> well, there we go. Um, Adam, we move on to pick number 10 for you. Yes. Um, right backs seem to be disappearing pretty quickly. I'm running out of options. So, uh, oh, it's such a difficult choice. Um, so, <laughs> so, I'm going to go with Bunasar, I think, at right back, which may have not been uh, my first choice or many people's first choice. Um, <laughs> but I think he's, he's he's not been as good as he was uh, this season. He was last season uh, when he was linked quite extensively with Leicester and, and uh, in Premier League. But uh, he's a converted winger. Um, but I'm sort of picking him almost for tactical purposes. I would like my fullbacks to be pretty forward-thinking yeah. and be pretty gung-ho, and he certainly is is that. And I think, you know, he's actually found his best position at right back at Marseille having what left Mets I think it was yeah. uh, a while ago um, and um, uh, I do I want him bombing on overlapping whipping balls in using his energy and dynamism up and down that flank so I'm going to go Bunasar Bunasar represents uh, your first Marseille pick not too unhappy about that despite them being second in the league Adam no, I, I mean, I I consider Tuvan, but um, again, he's, he's been, I know it's, it's fantasy, so perhaps uh, I should have overlooked the fact that he was injured, but he was there. I thought about Payet to some extent. I like Rongier a lot, but I prefer Cathero. Um, uh, Sanson was also on my list. I know he's still still available, but again, I prefer Cathero. So yeah, I, I like Marseille a lot this season. I think they're a very effective team, but um, perhaps you know a, a collection of, of of solid players rather than you know any, any particular standouts. <laughs> okay, well we'll see if that is the key to to uh, getting the most votes in this thing. Um, Nathan, we come back to your well, I guess they're kind of star boys. This very very young team, um, still a couple of slots to fill for you. Definitely and. <laughs> I'm picking between two right backs at the moment, and they're both a little, a little bit older. They're not 21, at least they're maybe a, a little touch older than that. But it's 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 deciding between the two, and I think I'm going to go with one because so far I've picked a different player from a different team. They've not been one single team player playing on the same team as another. So I, I'm going to go with um, Ziki Selig from um, from Lille. Uh, he's maybe not been quite as good this year as he was last year, but he's still only 23 Turkish international. I really like him. Um, he, he likes to get forward. He's not afraid of, of of getting back and getting stuck in as well, which is something I, I, I quite admire in, in full-backs, really, when, where possible, at least anyway. And uh, He's got a lot of room to grow. He maybe needs a couple more assists in his game. He maybe needs... To, while he is eager to tackle, maybe to be a better tackler a little bit, to be fair. But uh, no, I, I think he's a really nice right back that will fit into my team really nicely, continuing the the youngish track. He's at least 23 now, so uh, <laughs> my, my average age has lifted ever so slightly with that one. But um, Zeke Chelik. Yeah, he's, a, he's a the you know one of the eldest statesmen in your team. <laughs> No spring chicken there, but yeah, again, a really, really nice pick. Someone who got more attention last season uh, than this season, but it's a remarkable job you're doing here, Nathan, as you say, picking uh, a different player from, from a different team each time and completes that back four, which has Mohamed Simacon of Strasbourg, Boubacar Kamara of Marseille and Ryan Adnori of, uh, of Angers. Very, very nice. 
Um, Grant, we come back to you. You've got a goalkeeper, presumably a centre-back as well, still to fill. Yeah, I'm going to complete my back three, this time with a right-footed centre-back, and I'm going to go with Jason Denier of Lyon. Um, I think he's been very impressive since he's joined Ligue 1, especially in Europe. I mean, we saw him captain the onside that kept Juventus to a clean sheet. Who knows where that tie would have gone uh, back in turn, but I thought he was very good in that match. And of course, he has a bit more European experience or experience in Europe than Abdelhamid and Gabriel do. So I think that sure. will contribute to my back three as well. Um, and of course, very strong on the ball. Would be nice to have Gabriel on one side of the three, Denier on the other side, being able to play long balls over the top for my attackers. Um, yeah, I think he'll round out the back three very well and give us a good base defensively. Yeah, a brilliantly uh, well-rounded central defender who certainly had to do an enormous amount of heavy lifting last season when Marcelo went off the boil a bit. Maybe hasn't got the most obvious physical profile for 21st century uh, centre-backs, but a real grappler and a, and a fantastic pick. I think what's astonishing is uh, the significance of this pick is that Thiago Silva is not going to appear in anybody's starting 11. So maybe that's not astonishing. I'm sure what Jeremy will have something to say about that. Uh, so we go to him now. Um, I'm tempted. I'm reasonably tempted to ignore my fullbacks because there's a couple of really couple of players I'm really surprised haven't been picked yet, but I'd love to have on my bench. But I feel like I need to complete my starting lineup. Sure. Um, I'm, I'm really surprised that everyone's struggling with right-backs. I know there's not a, a huge choice in Liga, but I'm surprised that no one's gone for Leo Dubois. He was the one I was picking between. <laughs> okay. ah. I, I mean, I still think he's a very good defender. I'm slightly nervous based on this season's form. I am ending up with three Lyon players in my team, but I do think he's he's a very solid right back who brings a lot going forward. I think he's got an excellent cross on him, but unlike a lot of modern fullbacks, I think he can defend as well. And I also think he's a born leader, that he yeah. became non-captain so young that he's already filled in a few times as, as Lyon captain. Um, I think he'll be. Yeah, I, I want him helping to master my defense. Would you Would you reckon he's France's best right back, Jess? Um, I mean, I, I, <laughs> I didn't mean Pavard to ask you such a shattering question. If you're calling Pavard a right back, I think he's done a great job for France. I yeah. think he. He, he went off for a bit, but I think he's he's come back to form with Bayern. But in terms of out-and-out right-backs, yeah, I think I probably would go Dubois right now. Yeah, I think there's I think there's a lot of logic in that. So, your 11th pick now, Jez. We really are burning the midnight oil, and thanks to all the listeners who are <laughs> making it to this point, but also thanks to our panel uh, for continuing very strongly through this exercise. You said just a little bit earlier on you were thinking about maybe bringing in a couple of people for the substitutes bench already. Obviously, you still have a hole in the left-back spot as it comes to your starting 11. What's your next move going to yeah. be? So I think left back, just like right back, I don't think there's a huge amount of choice. So I want to I want to seal that that position off, and I'm going to go with Juan Bernat. Um, not one of the huge stars of PSG, so I think sometimes gets ignored. Um, maybe 
that's to his credit because he sort of just gets on with his job. You don't get mm. all the soap opera that comes with so many PSG players. Um, and his the way he steps up in Champions League matches, even with a few goals in the last couple of seasons, I think has been has been brilliant. And I I trust him to 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 make that left back position safe. So there we go. We have our first completed starting eleven. We'll just run through that very very quickly. Uh, Jeremy, do you want to do the honors and running through it? Yeah, sure. So I've got. <laughs> I'm still. Yeah, I'm as in shock as you all are that I went for this first of all, but I'm, I think I'm still happy with it. Rajkovic in goal is my first pick. Then my back four of Dubois, Saliba, Mendes and Bernat. Um, my midfield three, I've got Diallo as the holding midfielder. That's Brest's Diallo. Um, and uh, Leon Toussaint of Jeffrey and Adelaide and Hussein Marwa. Um, completing the midfield, and then my front three. I've got Sarabia on the on the right, Dimitri Payet on the left, and Wissam Ben Yedder knocking in the goals down the middle. You happy? You think that's the best eleven out there? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I need to hear the other full teams, but yeah, I'm pretty happy with that. Very, very you will really unnerve me after the first pick. So considering, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's um... true. That's true. Grant, we come to you. Uh, if you are sticking with that three-four-three, and you're going to uh, your next pick is going to complete that starting eleven, then you're looking at a goalkeeper here. I am yes, and I am going to go with Edouard Mendy of Stade Of course, one of the best defenses in Ligue 1. Um, I think maybe he's been overshadowed even by the replacement that he had. With Ross, with Rashkovich, of course, um, who's had a fantastic season and made people quickly forget about how excellent Mendy was there before. But I think what's also significant is he hasn't really lost a step in changing teams. He's been very consistent between the posts, Oren, and in front of a defense that isn't always the best. I think he's done a great job of, um, you know, keeping things clear and commanding the defense in a very efficient way as well. Absolutely. Do you just want to quickly run through your team there um, as the starting eleven in, in this 3-4-3, the only one of the five sporting directors or would-be sporting directors tonight to uh, adopt this formation? Yeah, so I have Mendy, I have uh, Gabriel, Abdelhamid, Denaya, and then from uh, right to left I have Youssef Patel, Rangier, Benjamin André, uh, Fethou Marwassa, Florian Thauvin, uh, Awesome Head, and Mbappé. I mean, there and is. I think we need to invest in some physios too. But <laughs> yes, but there's a lot of frightening pace in that side. Uh, you've done a really good job there to have the. I think some of the most exciting wing backs in in Ligue 1. And then, gosh, Mbappe, Tovin, Osimhen. It's a, it's a frightening prospect. Uh, so congratulations there, Nathan. To complete your four four two, you also need a goalkeeper. That is, if you decide that your next move is going to be to complete the starting eleven. It is, yes, because I want to make sure that this goalkeeper is off the list. Because funnily enough, on my big list, I had two, a couple of goalkeepers. The first one went straight away, so I, 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 I've had to cancel that one out. But luckily, my second on my list hasn't gone at all, and it does complete my line of ball playing for different teams as well. It's going to be Gautier Lassonier um, is going to be my goalkeeper. Um, especially with a young back four, you might expect an extra couple of strikes at goal and uh, you need someone who's a good shot stopper, got great reactions, reflexes, is good at penalty saving as well sometimes as he's shown on occasion. Um, so he's going to be really important. He's important to press maybe 
some might argue not, not quite as good this year as as last year, but I, I really like Larsson. He's a, he, he can really pull out a big performance when you need it. Still only twenty three, so there's plenty of, of room for him to go. And uh, he continues my youth movement as well. But I, I think he's going to be an excellent goalkeeper behind that back four, and he'll grow along with them. Uh, yeah, I mean, Gauthier Larsson is certainly an intelligent pick. I'm just going to be fascinated to see which manager is is going to be selected to to deal with this unbelievably young side, but an enormous amount of talent and uh, really a fantastic effort to have got 11 players from 11 different teams in there. Adam, we move on to you. You've got left back still to sort in your starting 11 and obviously all three substitute picks and the manager pick still open. Yeah, this is a position I struggled with quite considerably. I even considered, if it was allowed, going down to the second division and picking Vincent Legoff from, uh, from Lorient, <laughs> who I think is a really good, uh, really sturdy now, but he's, I can't believe he's not playing in Ligue 1. But I really like Roma Paro at, at Brest as well. He was brilliant at Paris FC last season. But I'm going to go for what I think is the best uh, Roms left back, and, and I'm going to pick Jusslan Conan. Um, I, it's a strange situation having the two of them there with... with Kamara being Hassan Kamara being linked uh, to Premier League teams, and it was talking him going in the, in, the, in the window. For me, I've always felt like he's a he feel I know he's a, he feels like a winger playing at left back, and perhaps he's re- he's very good going forward, especially with the game in front of him. But um, I think Conan is the more complete and the more reliable of the two left backs, and he suffered with injuries this season. But last season, in particular, before his injury, he was absolutely fantastic. Uh, and a, a huge part of that, that brilliant run of defence. So um, I, I had a brilliant, built a brilliant relationship with, with uh, Musa Dumbia on the left-hand side as well. Um, so I'm going to go for Jusan Conan at left-back from Rons. Conan completes Adam's side. Adam, uh, I'll just re- quickly run through your team. So Mike Magnon on goal, uh, Buna Saar at right-back, Nicolas Palois joins Marquinhos in the back two, made in Nantes and Paris. And uh, Justin Conan of Reims completes that back four for Adam's side. Adopting a 4-3-3 that sees a midfield of Baptiste Santa Maria of Angers, TG Savani of Montpellier and Mathieu, Mathieu Cafaro of Stade de Reims. Uh, and then on the left wing, we've got Denis Buanga of Saint-Étienne and Heldi Maria of PSG at right wing. And Memphis Depay is going to play in presumably some sort of false nine type role. Uh, Adam, looking forward to seeing... <laughs> which manager is going to be picked to try to make that work um, Rich we come to you now obviously if you look to complete your starting 11 you've still got two spots open if you go with that 4-3-3 that you were intending to go from the start you've still got a midfield pick and a pick on the right wing the final attacking pick of, of anyone yeah. starting 11 for some time yeah yeah. so yeah there's a tough decision to make um, it I am, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to be bold. I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to stick with it. Um, uh, I am going to make, uh, make I'm going to put Toko Kambe on the right wing and centre forward. Uh, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. It's one of two. Um, um, purely. Right, on this decision, I'm purely going on this season. Am I? I'm going to come back to that one. I'm actually going to fill my midfield position. And I don't think this player's gone. I think we've only had one Lille player, one Lille midfielder. Correct. So, 
he's there's an element of precociousness to him, but I am going to pick Bubakari Samare um, to complete my midfield. So I'm playing sort of two slightly more defensive defensive minded midfielders, but both having that ability to bring the ball forward a little bit. Yeah. Um, obviously, huge speculation around him. Um, you know, he is an incredibly talented player. Uh, there was that issue earlier in the year regarding what was going on with him, speculation regarding agents getting a little bit too involved. And he was, you know, yeah. depending on who you believe, that was that was the reason or wasn't the reason why he, he fell out of that Lille starting 11. Maybe there was an injury there. Um so he's there's there's an element of question marks over that side of him, but in terms of on the pitch, you know, an incredibly quality, uh, incredible quality to his his midfield play. Um, you know, it's it's the ability to to get stuck in the tackle, but the ability then not to just panic, the ability to keep relatively calm. Decent distribution on him. As I say, he's got that ability to, to, to sort of move with the ball as well. Um, so it's a little bit of a gamble, um, sure. you know, in terms of, of how he would turn out. But I will sort of pounce while the um, strike while the iron is hot, as they say, um, and snap him up uh, to complete my midfield. Brilliant. And who is pick number 12? Right. This is where it gets very tricky. <laughs> um I am going. Yeah, I am. I am going to go on this season's form. Um, yeah, I will. No. no, I won't. No, I've talked myself out of it at the. At Goodness the, uh, me! Eleventh <laughs> hour, I've talked myself out of it. <laughs> right, um, I'm gonna. I am going to play Toko Kambe down the middle. Yeah, um, and I'm going to play a player who. I think actually is probably disappointed by and large this season. I think I expected certainly a lot more of him. I thought he was excellent last season, you know, formed one of the most exciting trios in the league and last season. Obviously the main man departed in Nicola Pepe. And I don't think he's taken the opportunity um, as well. I think Osimhen has obviously come in and has taken all the plaudits in there. Yeah. But I have faith that I, can turn, I, I, I and Julian Stefan have the ability to turn things around. So I'm going to pick <laughs> to play on my right wing, Jonathan Okay. Um, I think on his day, there is a really good player there. Uh, it was great to see him getting an opportunity with the French team. It was great to see him take that opportunity with the French team. It's going to be interesting to see once everybody's fit, whether he's got the ability to remain there. You know, we, We've seen with the French team that it doesn't necessarily matter what club form is necessarily like. If you get your chance with the French team and take it, you're going to still be in Deschamps' mind. Yeah. So I think the fact that he's, he's, he's he took that opportunity means that he, he still could be in with a shout for the for the next squad. So I've got faith that I can. We've got the ability in the team to turn things around for him. So uh, Jonathan Ikoni will complete my starting eleven. So there we go, Jonathan Nicone completes that 11 and Richard the first would be sporting director tonight to also have his manager sewn up. I think Richard does well, you know, to really kind of put pen to paper on your some of your loves in French football. Um, Benoit Costil, of course. 
um, have a little bit of Ren representation, and uh, Bruno Guimaraes really stands out in that midfield as as certainly going to be one of the top three talents in in Ligue 1 very very quickly. Neymar is going to be maybe a little bit surprised to be in the same side as Carl Tucker. It can be probably didn't think his career would take that sort of a turn. Um, You'd be more surprised had I gone with my other pitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think, well, we might find out what that was going to be on, on the subs bench, but we move to Adam now where he has to make a decision really whether he's going to start to look at bringing in the, the possible substitutes or is he going to pick a manager to manage the, the, the side with Memphis Depay playing as a striker? Indeed. Um, I think I'm going to go manager and I'm going to go for this manager for, for two reasons, but one maybe. The reason that came to mind at first was was how much he gets out of Ankel Di Maria. So I'm going to go Thomas Tuchel as my manager. I think he's still available. Uh, and he's Stefan's gone, hasn't he? So, yeah. uh, yes. So I'm going to go Thomas Tuchel. Um, I think he, he gets an underrated. He's underrated in terms of how the job he's done at PSG. I actually think they they look like the most complete side they have been in this in his QSI took over. Uh, they're much more streetwise, much more versatile, and he's trying to, to sort of upset that very sort of predictable possession style that PSG has suffered with on the previous coaches. Uh, and I think he's, he's sort of breaking up, the, at least starting to break up the cliquey nature of the squad. And given that he's actually managed, with, with some help from Leonardo, I would argue, but he's managed the, the, the bigger egos in the dressing room pretty well. Like It's, it's not the easiest place to, to manage a dressing room in Paris. Uh, I think he's done it pretty well. And given that I've got quite a few difficult characters to manage, uh, I think he, he might he, he might be the best suited to my squad. So I'm going to go Thomas Tuchel as coach. I hope you don't end up in any uh, cup competitions. Um... Yeah, indeed. <laughs> Uh, but uh, Thomas Tuchel obviously competes uh, Adam's team and uh, Adam you've maxed out on PSG um, but otherwise pretty much I believe just double checking this uh, Stade de Reims you also have two representatives but otherwise a pretty balanced side across across Liga you've done that well Nathan we come to you now obviously you have 11 players 11 um, clubs and we're going to get a 12th club with the manager here Oh, we absolutely are. I think. Um, other, I, I think my owners convinced me that um, I'm not allowed to take the bench, so that's unfortunate. So I do need to bring a coach in. Um, <laughs> so I, I go with what I think is the best available, and I'm, I'm I was sweating that I thought um, Adam would pick him, but I'm going to go with David Guion um, from Stade de Reims. I think he's a he's an excellent coach. Last two years in Liga, and he's shown that his side can really battle against the best of them. They can shut out teams. Um, he's allowed a, a few great players to grow. He, he, at the end of last season, it looked like he was going to break out a little bit more offensively, but injuries has hampered that. This is a squad where he can maybe flex those muscles a little bit more, build those young players into a solid base, and then build from there into a into a nice attacking side as well. I, I think he brings a nice bit of balance, good experience, um, and is ready for a, a move up to a bigger squad like mine. So uh, I will go with David Guillaume. Yeah, I think again, David Guillon probably was somewhat overlooked last season in terms of you know top top manager honors, but then also would certainly have been in the conversation uh, this season. And depending on how the LFP decides to end this season, it's highly possible that we see Stade de Reims in the Europa League in 2020 2021. Wouldn't that be a sight? Bull idea um, lighting up. Uh, 
going well, who knows Tottenham Stadium or Arsenal Stadium I think uh, certainly bring a few rice smiles to some of our faces next season Grant we come to you now you're also missing a manager that I am and I'll be addressing it now I'm thinking with the attacking setup that I have I'm looking for entertainment I'm looking for a coach that'll be able to utilize the sort of players that we have in our 11 and I think back a few years ago, back when Dijon were managed by Olivier Delaglio, and I think that with the front three I have, he would be a great addition to this sort of team. Um, I think it was that season, 2017-18, they were one of the highest scoring teams, and that was, of course, without the firepower that I have this year. Um, this year, too, he's done impressively well, I think, with Brest, who look like they will be safe of relegation if the season does, of course, recommence, or if it stays with the current decision of uh, conclusion. So I think you know, he's kind of proven himself over a few years, and especially with the attack I have, I think he would make a very entertaining partnership with my 11. That's a really interesting pick, not someone who gets much attention, and, and perhaps the football that was practiced when he was in charge of Dijon was a little bit more aesthetically pleasing than it has been uh, for Brest, at least consistently this season, but there have been some amazing performances and, and some wonderful attacking interplay. I think of the likes of Irvin uh, Cardona and, and some of the goals he scored, even Charbonnier turning into a half-decent Ligue 1 player. Who would, have, <laughs> who would have thought that? Certainly not him um, during the last sort of 10 years that he's battled. So, J- Jeremy, we come back to you and we kind of have to have a bit of a serious conversation here, Jez, because no Mets anywhere. Uh, well... Hopefully they'll come on the subs bench, but not not on the manager's bench, I don't think. <laughs> I actually was absolutely certain that I would need, um, I think I'm comfortable to say it now, I was absolutely convinced Dubois would go, and I was sort of half pleased because I think Santos has grown into a really good right-back this season. So I was going to be very happy to have him, but with Dubois available, mm. I feel like a complete traitor, but I felt like he had to come in. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, feel, I feel like you could be managing be uh, Mets, to be honest. But so, um, Sorry? I feel like you would might do a better job managing Mets, to be honest. So. Uh, well, yeah, Onion's not going to be on the bench. Yeah. I mean, if Antonetti was you know, in happier circumstances, I think yeah. you know, certainly the way he started with Mets, he, he could be a contender, but um, I don't think he can count the way things are at the moment. No. So... Um, I was tempted by Guillaume and Dalolio as well, so that decision's been made for me. Um, so I now feel like I, I want to give an honourable mention to Stefan Moulin, who I think is a fantastic coach, but he doesn't exactly play the style of football that I want to see my team play. <laughs> um, so I'm now torn between two, basically, and I think everyone's picked their coach, so I can say them. I'm torn between um, Gautier and Villas-Boas, who I think are, are both really good coaches. I think Villas-Boas was unfortunate to sort of have his his reputation a little bit knocked while he was in England. Yeah. But I think this season he has proved with such limited means um, that he is still a very, very tactically astute coach. And Gautier, similarly, I think... While he was at Saint-Étienne, I feel like there was always this sort of, you know, is he the French David Moyes? Um, can he only do sort of dour football with one club? Can you really do it elsewhere? And I think what he did at Lille last season, not only doing well with them, but with a completely different style of football, um, 
was really impressive. And this season as well, considering they had so many important players ripped out, they had the new experience of Champions League. I still think he's doing a good job. Um, and I'm concerned that Villas Boas will quit halfway through the season to go <laughs> do the Paris Dakar or something again. So <laughs> I'm going to go with Gautier. My only uh, reservation, which I was trying to look up quickly but didn't get the chance to, was whether he ever coached Payet, maybe at Saint-Étienne, whether, whether they ever had a falling out, which wouldn't surprise me of either of them. But I think I'm going to go with him anyway. I think generally I've got a pretty nice... Uh, I don't think there's too many troublemakers in my team. No, I'd agree. Uh, I think, sorry? I'd agree, I'd agree. Yeah, I think Payet could be the only one. And frankly, if he and Gautier fell out, there'd be great comedy value in that anyway. So <laughs> I, I'm, I'm prepared to take that risk. So yeah, I'm going to go Gautier with, for my coach. Brilliant. And in order to speed this somewhat along, the next uh, set of picks are going to come in a duo, Jez. So we're looking for you to pick two substitutes. Um, two substitutes. So only two rounds left. Everyone will be picking two subs in the next round and then a final sub for the final round. Okay. And these can be, as long as they're different positions, they can still be same team as part of the, t- of the starting eleven. Uh, so, yeah, you, you just, in your overall squad, you cannot exceed the limit of three players. Uh, oh, overall squad, okay. Yeah, yeah. How many little players have I got? <laughs> At the moment, you have Gantier, who, who counts, um, and then you have... Um, you don't have a little a, a little player, it. otherwise. Yeah. All right. I'm going to go with a midfielder, sort of an attacking midfielder, and I'm torn between two. But I'm going to go with Renato Sanchez, who's another player I'm surprised hasn't already gone. Um, obviously, was this huge talent, kind of went off the radar a little bit. Um, but Lille, I'm still worried about them doing another Eder. But um, <laughs> I think, you know, Lille are really beginning to get him back to his best. I think he's looking a very good player. I think he's another factor. I agree with all the things that Rich said, but I think... Um, Sanchez's good form is another factor in, in sort of making it easier for Lille to drop Sumare at times. Yeah. Um, I think he can also fit different positions. So, yeah, I think he, he'll be a, a good addition on my bench. And then, yeah, I need to have a mess player. So I'm torn between a centre-back and a centre-forward. I don't know if the centre-forward is the player that Rich was alluding to earlier. That's what I was um, thinking as well, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go with Diallo. I think he's such a good guy. I think he'll be great for the squad. I really think that he's a kind of Giroud type. That, um, I'm hoping, I don't think he's a one-season wonder. I really do think that he's, you look at his whole career and he has gradually improved year on year throughout his career. So I, I'm still hoping that there's a, there's a good player there. Um, I think he has got ability, which sort of maybe his kind of build He's one of those ones that, you know, it's a cliche, good touch for a big man, but he does have that. And failing that, he's a good plan B to come off the bench and just lump it up there. So, yeah, Diallo and Sanchez on my bench. You really have assembled the good guy squad. Just to be said, a lot of really affable characters in this side. Um, Habib Diallo and Renato Sanchez, two excellent players this season who... Um, deserve deserve commendation for sure, and and I think Habib Diallo especially so because that switch from being a lethal uh, Ligue 2 striker to one that's potent in Ligue 1, owing 
principally to the fact that the amount of chances a player will get if they stay with the same team that they're promoted with drastically changes. Uh, but he's he's done well. He's done well, and he's probably done just enough, really, for Mets to to continue their league adventure next season. Grant, we come to you. Your two first subs, please. Yeah, I think I'll need one defender, so I'll go with uh, Hilton just to keep the fairy tale going. I think, of course, too, you know, there's merit in the choice because of the fact that he's still a very dependable, very consistent defender in Ligue 1. Um, and, of course, I think having the experience that he has would very much prove useful in the locker room of this team, which does have some characters that might need some control. Having somebody in their 40s to help talk down maybe a 20, 21-year-old would be useful. Um I'm going to go as well with Moses Simon in attack. I think the fact that he would be able to play uh, ideally in any three of, you know, striker, white wing and left wing makes him very attractive for that sort of formation. And of course, coming off the bench, his explosiveness, the fact that he can use both feet pretty well makes him a very attractive option as well. Two very nice picks there. Hilton still doesn't think he's over the hill yet and looking for another contract extension that would make him... I believe it's 42, is that correct? Yes, yeah, I think at the end of the season it'll be 42, so going into the next one, he's going to be close to a record if he's not already. Just remarkable, just remarkable stuff. And, and Moses Simon as well, a player who I personally feel has maybe been outshone Ludovic Blur a little bit. I don't know, Blur is in Nathan's starting 11, but has added it, that bit of explosive energy and a really great turn of pace, nice acceleration. Um, that Nantes have needed because of the kind of rigidity of, of their creativity and, and the pace, the overall pace in, in move construction so far this season. Nathan, we come to you now. Same question, two subs. So I've got my starting 11. I'm really happy with those. This is probably where I start to get a little bit fun because I'm kind of throwing away half the season things and, and what, what they've done this season because I, I, I'm not so bothered about that now. My team's ready. <laughs> so we need to de-age this team a little bit we need some experience in there and Hilton was going to be my pick to do that so I'm going to shift to my second centre-back pick and he's maybe not had the best season or two but he is still one of my favourite style of centre-backs and he certainly will have the leadership qualities and the experience we need and that's going to be Camille Glick um, he's been not great really in all honesty for Monica for a couple of years but the stress is not on him to play centre-back every week um, he might not play at all he just has to encourage those young players and show them the experience that wins your league and title over Paris Saint-Germain uh, and the the second sub will come to no surprise to anyone but to preface it a little bit I always admired one of my favourite players in Manchester United and one of the the important things that Sir Alex used to stress is having a player like Jason Park who can be a utility man, will give you the grind, will play in any position you ask him to. You can shift to a three-man midfield and put him in, in on a wing or into midfield or up front if you really wanted to. He'll play in goal if you wanted to. He'd sell popcorn in the stands if you really wanted to. Um, there's only one other player that I think could do that in league and for me, and that is Nicolas de Preville. Um, he can come up <laughs> on front in the last couple of minutes for me to chase down there all the balls in there he can play on the wing if I want him to to work hard there if I really want him to he can be on the turnstiles before the game but um, he's someone that will be the right culture player for those young players to follow they pray though Nicolas de Préville obviously came through initially at Reims and uh 
has always been a player for me as well, Nathan, who I always thought might just kick on, a quite a unique type of player, but he just didn't really do so well with the fact of being moved around. And to be honest, it's hard to look at any Bordeaux player and say they've had good conditions to be consistently talented. You know, apart from apart from Malcolm, no one's really got out of that side in a way that's made a big move and a big impact somewhere else. So nice for you to include him there. Adam, we come to you, two substitutes. Uh, yeah, I think this is, I think I sort of follow a, a similar path to Nathan. I love that Nathan picked Nico Depravel. That's a brilliant Nathan-style pick. That's fantastic. Um, but I'm gonna, I'm just going to pick a couple of players that I just really like and I've always liked and have gone a little bit under the radar. One is, a, is actually pretty new to league and one's been around a long time. The first being Matthias Pereira-Large from Angers. Um, really good midfielder, pretty versatile, can be moved around central attacking midfield, both wings. Delivery is great, very good technically, and um, would be great off the bench, can fill a number of positions in my team. So I'm going to go uh, Matez Perelage, uh, the Portuguese, uh, relatively uh, young midfielder. And then the other sub, I'm going to go with Nimes uh, Roman Filipotu. Uh, I, he's a player I've, I've always thought was underappreciated in both Ligue 1 and Ligue 2 when he was at Lorient. I remember thinking that he was sort of in and out of the team the season they got relegated when Cassoni was in charge and Ripoll was there beforehand. And, and every, I always felt that he offered something. He's, he's despite being, what, 31 now, he's still in a Jamie Vardy kind of way, he's still pretty quick <laughs> super, and has his, as, as a trick about him and is, and is lively and, and works hard. And always, one of those players you, is pretty consistent. You always get, you know what you're getting for a minute. It's always you know, six, seven out of ten every week, and so uh, I'm—he's a player that I like, and 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 even when he dropped down to Augsburg uh, last season, he still sort of stood out in every game. And I was watching I watched Augsburg quite a lot last last season. I didn't really understand why he was there, and I was happy to see him return to league and with Neem this season. So. Uh, Pro-Large and Filipotu are my two picks for sub-bench. I'll let you have that because technically they'd both be in the attacking register, but we'll... we'll... Yeah, going midfield and then wing, I'm sorry. Yeah, thinking. well, mm, it's a bit sticky, but we'll we'll, <laughs> we'll let you have that. <laughs> Rich, we come back to you. Your three subs, you're going to finish your side first. Uh, three subs, right. Um, apologies if, if uh, I temporarily uh, missed some picks, but I am... Um, I'm going for youth. I'm going for youth big time because I'm basing this off prospective futures. Um, and I think all three of these have incredibly bright futures. Um, and I'm also risking by not having a substitute goalkeeper as well. Um, so um, to, to cover off, um, for my sub-defender, um, I am going for uh, Tongi Kuasi. At PSG, uh, I think a very, very bright future. Um, I think it, it feels a little bit like madness if PSG are letting him go because he genuinely feels like someone who who they could utilise um, in certainly now, but definitely in terms of the future. Um, I know he's been heavily linked to the point where some people have said that there's pretty much an agreement in place with uh, RB Leipzig. Um, not entirely unsurprising, considering RB Leipzig's tendency for picking up talented French youth players. Um, but he will go for big money. He will go for big money in the future. Now, it's a question of the PSG keep him, play him, develop him, or does he go to Leipzig, where they clearly do that so very, very well. Um, also adds a little bit of flexib uh, flexibility as well, because he can obviously play um, 
uh, in midfield as well if, if needs be. But slightly cheating by 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 making him uh, my substitute defender. Uh, in terms of midfield, I'm going for the other sort of high-profile player that PSG could be losing um, by not sort of snapping him up, and that's Adil Ouishiche. Um I think the, both the pair of them last summer in both the Under-17 Euros and the Under-17 World Cup showed huge potential. Um, obviously, Ouishiche um, got the nine goals in the European Championships tied with uh, Platini for, for most in a, in a UEFA tournament. Hugely talented midfielder. I think for PSG to see both of those walk out the door for pennies, if anything, feels a little bit crazy. I think PSG do need to focus on just what talent. Obviously, they can't promote every single youth player that they bring through. But to see these two, who clearly have a lot of you know, huge potential, to see them go... I think would feel a little bit crazy. So I would be certainly giving them a chance. Um, so they're those two. And then the my forward, um, my, my first substitute for the forward line, um, he was the top scorer at the Under-17 World Cup um, last summer. Or last, it was about October, actually. And that's um, another Rams player, and that's Nathaniel Mbuku. Um, he can play down the middle, probably better place playing out wide on the left. So when Neymar picks up his inevitable injury, I have a, a ready-made replacement, hopefully, to step into the into the breaches. But another really talented youngster. He perhaps hasn't shown it um, at club level just yet. But, you know, still young, still time on his side. Um, and three, I think, really exciting young players. Yeah, interesting to go for some sort of wild card youth picks. Uh, again, it's slightly muddying the waters in terms of the rules, and that Auschwitz may be an attacker, but I'll, I'll I'll let him have be as a midfielder because that's where he wants to play going forward. So, uh, Rich, that's a, a really nice team that embodies Liga and uh, a lot of the very good things about it. Uh, players with unbelievable sort of work ethic and also. Uh, athletic talent uh, from Decesi to Kuesi to some of our biggest attractions in terms of a league and that's obviously Neymar uh, not Carl Tocco it can be as much as I appreciate him um, so there we go uh, Adam we move on to you to finish off your final sub pick yeah my final pick is going to be one for the dressing room I want I want a, a, a sort of stabilizing influence someone to, to lead by example maybe not play too much but um, but a defender that can that can slot in and and add some, some stability and some experience and my original pick for this was Hilton but he's gone I can't pick Thiago Silva because I used it my PSG quotient which leaves Lauren Koscielny or Loic Perran and I'm going to go Lauren Koscielny. I just think he's Perrin's been pretty poor for the last 18 months or so. Uh, and Koscielny's not been not set the world like a Bordeaux by any means, but he's a, he's a reliable, experienced defender and a, a good influence on on would would be a good influence on younger players in, in the dressing room and um, still still a, a good performer at this level. So um, I'm going to go Koscielny as my last up. A very nice pick there to round things off for Adam's team. Adam, you feel like you've you've got this against uh, Richard's side? Uh, yeah, I think I've got a lot of creativity, a lot of a lot of uh, interchangeability and fluidity in my front six. So I'm, I'm pretty happy with the way that's gone. Defensively, I might be a little bit open, but um, I, I'm I'm pretty happy with my my forward two lines. 
Well, we'll see. Maybe Rich will have something to say about that. Nathan, we move to you for the third vinyl substitute. Yes, and there's a number of really good players out there, but I also have an opportunity here to have 15 different clubs represented within my team. So I think I'm going to try and go for that if... It's an arguable one. I, I would count Pravel as a forward, and I, I would like to, and I'm going to have to pal- uh, post this to everyone, I would like to bring in Florent Mollet, who I would count as a midfielder, especially in my formation. Would that be acceptable? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I will go for it then. So I will go with Florent Mollet, because I, I think something important for every team is a little bit of a creative flair um, that you can bring off the bench. And he definitely brings that. He's got free kick abilities. His set set pieces are excellent. He can play out wide if you need him to to pull in the balls or he can play in a sort of uh, centre midfield role, whether that be slightly further forward behind the strikers or or slightly more reserved. He gives me a couple of options there because then I've still got Kamara that I can play defensive mid should I need to and if, if I wanted to switch a 4-3-3 from a 4-4-2. So uh, I think Mole adds an extra nice little dimension off the bench if I need it. Yeah, I'm glad Mole got in there. One of my favourite players certainly in Ligue 1. Um maybe one of the few sort of pure number 10 type players left in Europe's top five leagues. Um, Also got a bit of a rasping shot on him that uh, perhaps doesn't get as much praise as it should. So Florent Mollet completes your team. Nathan, uh, moving on to Grant, your final sub so far. You've got Hilton on that bench for the experience, Moses Simon for that little bit of versatility and something extra in the last 15 minutes. Who's going to join them? Yeah, I need to fill out the midfield of my bench, and I am going to go with another kind of under-the-radar player from Angers, and that will be uh, Angelo Fulgini. Um, I think, like the two midfielders I have already, he's a very well-rounded uh, player who can do a number of things, a number of roles for his team. I think most notably, he's a very good dribbler, especially for a central midfielder. Perhaps not as combative as Benjamin André and Benton Roger in terms of tackles he completes. He's not as high as some of his comparable midfielders. But I think at 23, a player that has a lot of experience in Ligue 2 and Ligue 1, I think he will bring a lot to the bench and will definitely be someone that would be good coming off, uh, coming onto the field, you know, maybe with 20 minutes left, something like that. Another really nice sort of under-the-radar pick, uh, a player who was full of promise uh, coming from Valenciennes and uh, then was a little bit victim to Moulin's disposition of putting people in various different places, played a little bit in uh, full-back, uh, but uh, settled in a little bit more as a midfielder and has been one of the individuals that Moulin certainly looked to to replace the absence of uh, René Dallaïde, who left Angers for Lyon last summer. Um, Jez... Finish us off. Okay, so I just want to, again, another honourable mention. I was really torn between Sanchez and another attacking midfielder, um, who's uh, Strasbourg's Adrian Thomason. I think he's a, a really good player and another of sort of Ligue 1's kind of big contingent of very underrated players who I think would do well if given a chance elsewhere. Um, but obviously I can't have him because I've already got a midfielder. I'm very tempted to pick either Thiago Silva or Mondanda just to leave them on the bench and really annoy PSG and Marseille fans. But <laughs> looking at my defence, I've got, I think, three of my back four are right-footed. 
Um, so I'd like a little bit more cover and, and I think left foot cover would, would be good, especially someone who's a little bit um, versatile and play centre-back or left-back. He hasn't necessarily had his greatest season, but he's still very young and can still get better, I think. So I'm going to go with uh, Malang Sarr. OGC Nice defender Melancar, who will be leaving the club on a free transfer this summer. Um, someone who's had his career a little bit wrecked by Villarreal's insistence to play him at left back. Um, it's a very nice pick. Again, a maybe a little surprising pick for listeners, but a nice pick to finish off what has been a real marathon draft. I mean, the first thing I want to say, gents, is thank you. <laughs> what a mission. <laughs> Everyone managed to survive only one technical fault um, and uh, some great teams there. Um, okay, brilliant. Well, guys, uh, you've had a bit of time to digest the sides. You've had some time to weigh the pros and cons, and uh, we come down to... Your guys' vote, which will make up 50% of the overall uh, sense of, of who wins, uh, will go around very quickly around the houses so that people just briefly explain who they think has got the best side. Um, for you guys at home, the one rule is uh, the sporting directors, would-be sporting directors tonight, cannot vote for uh, their own teams that they've built as much as they've put in a lot of blood, sweat, tears, and passion into creating them uh, over the course of this podcast, uh, I'll kick things off with my vote, and I'm going to go with Grant's team, uh, the three-four-three that involves uh, a really nice mix of exciting attacking talent, uh, and I think it's just a fantastic back three that stands out to me with uh, Jason Denier, Gabriel, and uh, Yunus Abdelhamid. I think that's just beautifully weighted. You've got the man who's going to clear up, uh, you know, when when the other two maybe miss that initial challenge, that initial ball. You've got someone who's got the ability. To ping balls across uh, the field in Gabriel, and you've got Yunus Abdel Hamid who brings that sense and um, strength and, and calm as well. So I think that's really well balanced. And then you know that 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 front five essentially of Tovan, Bappe, Aussie um, Men, and then Rangier and, and Benjamin Andre to clear everything up of, of Lille is just wonderful. And also have a soft spot for Hilton on the bench. So Grant gets my vote. Um, Grant, we'll come to you to see who gets your vote. I am going to go with Nathan's, partially because of the diversity and the uniqueness of his team. Uh, but also, I love the midfield of Blas, Kamavinga, Verratti, and Shriya. Even if, as a Ren fan, I wouldn't want to see a Kamavinga, Verratti midfield, unless, of course, it means Verratti's coming to Ren. Um, I think it's a very well-rounded team. And, of course, credit to the fact that uh, he represented so many of the young teams. That uh, seems, seems very fair. And uh, yeah, hats off again to you, Nathan, for having such uh, versatility in terms of one, one player or one representative, one club. We'll come to you next, Nathan. Obviously, a tie between you and Grant in the early going. Yeah, it's really tough. There's some really excellent teams when you start looking through them. When you're going through individual picks, you're not so certain. And I'm swaying between two, and I think I'm going to go with Adam's team. Um, I really like that midfield. I, I, I'm less hyped on Cafaro as, um, as Adam, but I really like the midfield of Santa, Santa Maria and Savanier. It's a nice mix there. You've got real creativity and goals in Di Maria, Buanga and Depay. Got interesting options on the bench as well. Uh, I have a soft spot for Paul Wild. Marquinhos was very high on my board as well. I almost picked him with a third pick, so uh, I'm going to go with Adam's team. Absolutely. Adam, uh, Nathan backs Thomas Tuchel to rain the pie in and uh, get the best out of Buanga. Um, so what about you? What is your view? 
I, I'm going to go with Grant as well. I think it's a proper 3-4-3. When you, when you set out to play with wing-backs, it, the temptation is to play full-backs there and expect them to do a slightly different job. Although Atal and Muasa are, you know, can play at fullback too. They're they're essentially both wing backs by trade. And I think that's that's something that stands out to me. And something that's great about a three four three is when you get three really good centre backs together, it just looks so strong. And Abdul Hamid, Gabriel and Jason Denai together is ahead of a, a back three to 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 withstand uh, any attack. So yeah, it's a brilliantly balanced team. So I'm gonna go Grant. So Grant takes the lead. Um Rich, we come to you. Well, they've all got their merits, definitely. Um, I mean, Nathan's, I, I could pick Nathan's, but I'd be picking it for one reason and one reason only. <laughs> so it perhaps needs to be a little bit more reasoned than that. <laughs> Come on, um, So I, I think I will, um, I like the look of Jeremy's thing. Um, I think there's good balance there. Um, there's the league's best goalkeeper. There's a solid defence. There's a midfield that's got a good blend of, of, of solidity, of creativity, um, and then there's certainly banks of creativity in that front line, and the goals in Benyetta. So yeah, I picked Jeremy's team. It's remarkably even, and I think that's hats off to all of you guys for just showcasing brilliant knowledge of, of France and, and all the talents that it has to offer. Jeremy, you do have some somewhat of a uh, deciding vote potentially. Yeah. Um... I think it would turn out not to be decisive. Um, I, I'm definitely going to tune in to watch Nathan's team every week. <laughs> um, I'm petrified of Adam's front line, and I love Rich's midfield and um, the youth, especially the well, obviously Cherky and then the, the bench. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to have to go with Grant's team as well. Um, pretty much all the reasons Adam said. I think. He played a blinder, sort of setting out his stool to go 3-4-3 three, three and managing to get Atal and Maua. So I think it's so important to that, um, that formation. Um, he's got, I think, seven first-teamers, two substitutes, and the coach that I wanted or was about to pick <laughs> for him. Um, I think there's strength all the way through that team. But I also think that... When my team plays them, I would suggest to Gautier that he needs to attack their right wing um, very hard because <laughs> I don't think there's too much defensive strength there. So I think the strongest, but also with some gettable weaknesses. So I think, yeah, I think I'm going to go with Grants. Well, uh, it certainly would have been a great, uh, <clears throat> a great exercise to see all fi- all uh, all five of these teams uh, face each other off. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, both, uh, thank thank you very very much to uh, all of the guys and, and the would be sporting directors. I think everyone has their talents and and could certainly have their talents used in the existing French football scene. Um, so thank you guys very very much. Uh, hope you enjoyed it, and uh, also hope that maybe we learn one or two things. Uh, <laughs> about each other's soft spots as well um, uh, so any parting sort of word any, anything that anyone's learned that they just want to uh, put out there as we uh, sum this podcast up for me I think that the, the only sort of pity is the number of, of players that made our teams that assuming the next season starts at some point 
sensible having had a transfer window in advance how many of those players could well not even be in Liga this time next year or even in sort of three four months time yeah and even the players that have missed out I mean my, my subs bench has turned into something where it's just a Nathan Pity Parade more than anything but uh, you, you think that there was no Icardi or Cavani I think Cavani would have definitely fit into my team as a, a workhorse at some point I don't think Morgan Sanson was picked at any point either who's no, a really nice utility midfielder Hello. Yeah, there's there's a, there's a number of of really so it shows you the depth in Liga really that, that a number of really talented players didn't even make our squads whether that's for for personal reasons or for simply they being too much in their one position so uh, um, yes really showed the depth of Liga and and how much quality there is to 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 enjoy. The was the player I was tempted to partner with Neymar. Ah, <laughs> giving the inside scoop now. Good decision. <laughs> I think comedy value would have gone to your side if that had happened. Uh, although apparently they're now best friends. Apparently, that's. Uh, I mean, De- Delor doesn't. Delor basically every every second week is in the media talking about Neymar at the moment. But uh, uh, that would have been entertaining to see. Well, guys, that concludes a very special episode of the Get French Football News Show. Um, we want to again just stress that. We hope everyone's okay during this time and that you're, you're staying healthy and we're managing to give you that French football dose still, even without the action, if, if that is what you love. I think this is a fascinating podcast for diehard French football fans, but also people who want to look into the league and understand who to be looking out for, both, as Jess said, maybe sadly for French football on the transfer market and also um, the talents to come. You certainly had some great substitute picks there, uh, notably from Rich um, these teams will be available on our social media. You'll be able to react to them, interact with them, and make your own decision on who had the best side. Um, in the meantime, please keep safe. Please continue to follow uh, your uh, government and local government guidelines. Um, and uh, hope to see you guys uh, soon and, and, and speak to you guys soon about on-pitch action. Uh, but in the meantime, all the best. And uh, make sure you check this feed for more podcasts just like this.